Back again, back for the first time, back for the second time. You know what it is. The Off The Dome Pod, we here again yes. with, you know, a bunch of people in the room. Can I announce all the people that are in the room now? Because we got a lot of shit going on. Can I break the fourth wall, as you Ooh. say, Rob? Okay, so we got me, Jesus B.I.C. in the room, you know? We got yeah. Lonnie Belly, as we expect to see in the room. Mm-hmm. We got my guy Rob behind the boards over here. We got Jalea. I'm, I'm shouting everybody out. We got Jalea on the camera over here. We got... Shouts to, shouts to Vicky over here yes. on the phone, looking all happy. Yes. Looking, looking all happy in the face. <laughs> shouts to my boy Bo behind the camera over there with the ski mask, looking a little bit scary. Don't scare our guests, please. And we got my guy Miguel over here, showrunner nah, extraordinaire. Are you, are you okay being called extraordinaire? Because Rob isn't yet. Does that work? All right. <laughs> Not extraordinaire yet. Say less. And, and our guest, none other than the man himself, Mr. Hats and Tats. Let's, Let's run through this again. You know what I mean? Yeah, the Jersey Hat Combo King. Yes. Can we say it? The most infamous Twitterer. It's a good combo in the hat today, too. Great I mean, combo. The Rick Flair of Hat Club. Woo! The man himself, Ben from Hat Club. Talk to me. Ben Benjamin. How does that, how does that work? The Ben or Benjamin? I yeah. actually. So I always say Benjamin because. This goes back to one getting older, and you know Ben is generally more on like a kid side, tight okay. tight side of the name. Okay. But I was a bartender in college, and you know as loud as bars can get, you know somebody was just like, "Hey, what's your name?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's Ben." I'm like, "Oh, sweet, what's up, Dan?" Like, so <laughs> you can't really fuck up Benjamin. There's a lot of syllables there. I hear that you can't be Danjamin. No. Benjamin works. I like Benjamin. Nice to have you here. Hey, appreciate being here. Can you tell me a little bit about? Where you grew up, your environment, how that works. 100%. It's going to take a little bit, but, you know, it's a journey. We're all going to go down together. So I was born in Oakland, California, which is where I live right now as of 2014 once again. Uh, When I was about three years old, our family moved a little bit eastward to Stockton. So shout out to the 209. And then by the time I got into kindergarten, so about age five, uh, we moved down to Bakersfield, which two hours north of L.A., not exactly the greatest place to grow up. Um, farmland and desert, 110 degree heat during the summer. F that noise. So by the time I was 17, you know, finishing up high school, um, going into my senior year more specifically, I was just like, nah, my mom lived up in Vancouver, Washington, which is right on the opposite side of the border from Portland and finished high school there, did junior college. Then I moved to Portland, Oregon for a couple of years, then to Eugene, did my bachelor's degrees at the university of oregon then in 2012 i jetted across the country because i worked for major league baseball for a season so that was here in new york then i went back to portland because i got fired from that job didn't have a choice uh finished my last degree at eugene then i moved to florida to be with my girl while she finished up medical school and then 2014 we were both looking for jobs and we found ourselves in oakland california that's nice. Beautiful. So, what did, what initially got you into sports? Because I know you're really big into sports. How'd you get into Huge. sports? What, like, what are your first memories with sports? Um, first memories with sport. Actually, the the very first memory of sports I have, and a lot of people listening to this are going to be kind of jealous, especially if you're a Mets fan. Uh, game six of the 1986 World Series is actually my very first sports memory, like that I can still hold on to. Like, there are small details I still remember of like specific athletes. Maybe a particular moment, but as far as a full game summary, I still remember Game Six of the nineteen eighty six World Series. How old were you when that happened? I was three years old. Three years old. Three years old. Yeah. People think I'm crazy when I say that I have like memories of the Knicks when I was like four or five years old. Yeah. But but they're there. So three years old. That's eighty six. A few years later, 
Your team, your team ends up in the World Series. Talk they, to me about '88. Eighty. Oh, <laughs> before we get to Christ. before we get to '89, we want to '88. We can talk '88 real quick so, before we get to '89. '88 was the first memory I have of crying after a baseball game. <laughs> uh, fuck you, Kirk Gibson, you hobbling son of a bitch. <laughs> um, I still, I'm, st- we're still as an A's fan. I'm a long diehard A's fan. It's the only local team to the Bay Area that I actually follow and support and have done so since I was a kid. But just the hanger that Dennis Eckersley threw right down the pipe. I mean, he kept trying to throw a slider, but he kept throwing the same spot, same spot, same spot. <laughs> and Gibbs, Gibson knew exactly what was coming. And, you know, the amount of swings and misses or, you know, fouls off that he had, etc. But, you know, you throw the right one in the zone and there we go. It's gone over the right field wall. Dodgers win game one of the World Series. A's eventually do win a game in that series, but not enough to plate a championship. All right, but luckily, you know, for, for a young boy, next year you come back. <laughs> what's what's Battle of the Bay like for, for somebody that's from the Bay specifically? Battle of the Bay was interesting because a lot of family shit talking going on. And, and it's funnier because I grew up Mormon. So to, to harken back to 86, it's the first time I remember a family member cussing, and it was my mom, because she's a diehard Red Sox fan. So, oh. of course, when the ball went through Bill Buckner's legs, she yelled, God damn it. And I was just like, huh? <laughs> I, I've never heard this, this vile tone from this woman before. So, you know, now we are in 89, and, you know, as polite shit-talking as there is between Mormon family, because half of us are A's fan, half of us are Giants fans, all being from the Bay, my mom, confused, Red Sox fan, whatever, but she wasn't important that year. Um, and then the A's, you know, jumped out to a 2-0 lead. Then we go to Candlestick Park and earthquake. So at that moment, I mean, we were, we were four hours south in Bakersfield when this happened, but all of our family is still in the Bay Area. And so, you know, we're frantically trying to call like, oh, my God, you guys okay? Because it's not like today with the Internet and stuff where you get, you know, rapid rapid news development everything there was based on okay whatever the tv showing but tv feed cut out uh phone lines for christ's sake having a having a landline in your house it's such a crazy novel idea nowadays <laughs> um but you know all the lines were tied up especially going into the bay area so because all the emergency crews were using that you know the bridge had collapsed uh the, the 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 top portion of the bay bridge had collapsed which has you know since been redone and and it was crazy. So we we actually didn't get really any kind of updates for like thirty six hours. That's crazy. Yeah, everybody's what, fine though. What what distinguishes somebody being like a, a Giants fan or an Ace fan if you're from the Bay? Like what? Like is there like a, a street that crosses? Like there's what what kind of makes the difference? There there are some jokes I can throw around with that, which might be a little <laughs> off color. Uh, but no, it's um, I, and it really comes down to your whiteness, and because you know. Giants fans are, are are very financially fiscal on the more the Republican side, just because you know it's the glitz and glamour of Silicon Valley. Whereas in Oakland, it's fucking hard knocks, black and blue are our school colors, university, and I mean even though it's green and gold, but um, it's a it's a rougher side of things, and you know especially me, you know I am a white kid, of course, uh, I was. A, very much a white kid amongst a, a plethora of black, Asian, and Mexicans. And so it's just like, you know, I like this place. I can, I can get along with this team more so than I can with that team across the bridge. I hear that. Yeah. 
So did uh, did you play any sports growing up? I did. So I played baseball all the way consistently from when I was, let's say, five years old doing t-ball all the way to my sophomore year of high school. And Talk about consistent. I know. And I, I potentially could have gone at least to the minor league level if I really stuck with it. Definitely. However, uh, at the time, I was actually a bat boy for a minor league team in, 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 the Bay, in, in Bakersfield. Uh, it was a Giants affiliate, so had a couple friends that went through the system because of that. Um, but anytime the team was on the road because of me working for the team, yeah. I could have my friends come out. We could play on the field. The problem with Samlin Ballpark is it was built backwards. So sunset and center field. So I'm in the batter's box, and a buddy of mine who ended up going to a rival high school, North High School, uh, was pitching, and sun's going down. I can't see shit, and he just fires one in. He's a righty, and you know I'm a righty hitting, and I'm just like standing there, just like, oh yeah, hey, when's the ball coming? Boom! Ooh. And just hit me dead center in the nose. Oh shit! So think of Giancarlo Stanton in his last year in Miami, where he just took a fastball like right to the mouth, and you know from that point, I was just like, you know, I'm gonna reconsider getting back in the batter's box from this point forward. Yeah. Like, taking one of the ribs, taking one of the leg, whatever, not a big deal. You can kind of rub that off, throw some dirt on it, whatever. But taking a fastball to the face is just like a whole different kind of pain. I can imagine. I'm what? not going to lie to you. That, like, that, I've never played baseball <laughs> myself, and that is one of the main reasons. I feel like I, yeah. I, I couldn't even imagine what it'd be like to get hit in the face with a pitch. That sounds Danger crazy. zone. Listen, I got hit in the in the face when I was young. Well, it was like the top of my Literally? eyebrow. Yeah. I was playing baseball just around the neighborhood with my friends, and I'm trying to catch the ball, and boop, right on top of my <laughs> my eye. I was looking like the hunchback in Notre Dame for like a good oh, no. week. <laughs> so you said you thought you could go minor league. How, how were the numbers looking in, in high school? Oh, God, I was hitting 727. 727. And I'd only struck out twice. So you were what? raking. Yeah. yeah. You definitely were. Never, never hit for power, you, but I could find good. gaps. But then I was also a leadoff hitter. So back when I was fast, um, yeah, I just got a lot of bun singles. Nice. Did you play any other sports? I played basketball and I played soccer and then I did some like long distance running. You have basketball height. I feel like that could kind of work. Mm. I, you know, honestly, it was it was one of those weird time periods where I thought mentally I was better at basketball than any of the other sports, uh, but the coaches felt the exact opposite. <laughs> so even though like like they were just like vehemently against me like making the team. So when I was still in Bakersfield and going to high school playing basketball there, the only time they ever actually let me play was during summer league. Anything regular season is just like, nope, you're cut. Like I get through conditioning and I just blow everybody out of the water because long distance runner and they would cut me. So the one year that they actually let me play summer league, they were jerks about it and put me on the JV team, not the varsity team. And it's like, okay, cool. Let's do this. And I averaged five minutes a game. Because, well, we got to play you at some point. And in those five minutes per game, in the 15 games that we played, so this is between my sophomore and my junior year of high school, I led the league in field goal percentage, <laughs> blocks, steals, and no, it was just those three. Field, yeah, so I went 13 for 13, uh, two for two from three point. Everything else was, you know, within, yeah, and I led the league in blocks and steals. Oh That's pretty hilarious. <laughs> yeah. And then when I, you know, of course, transitioned high school my senior year, because it's like, I want a fair shake. I actually do yeah. want to play basketball. 
Um, so this was Columbia River High School in, in Vancouver, Washington. Uh, the team wasn't that great. I mean, a few years prior, they kind of were. And so I came in and met with the coach. We formed like a really good relationship. His son was there a year behind me, much taller than me, and clearly was a guy who was either going to play football or basketball. And, you know, they we do pickup games and conditioning and whatever, and I was like ready to roll. And something had happened, you know, the last year that I was bat boy for, you know, the, this minor league team, the Bakersfield Blaze. So this is my junior year. Um, during a time, there were a game they were playing the Modesto A's, and the batter's name was Esteban German. He was in the, the batter circle, uh, you know, waiting to, waiting to get a bat. Yeah. And I told him, it's like, hey, I'm going behind you. Well, dude just spoke, spoke nothing but Spanish. So <laughs> I walked behind him, and he just full-on uppercut swings right into my chin. Bruh. And I just, like, fall back into the fence, and I'm still standing there. I'm just like, huh. Wasn't expecting that. And, of course, he's just like, oh, my God, you're, you know, you okay? And, but I can't remember how to say that in Spanish right now. And I'm like, no, I'm good. Just, just casually walked off a guy who eventually would make the major leagues, you know, uppercut swing to the face. So I go a couple feet away because it's like, well, I'm not going to be near you anymore. And I'm, like, crouching down waiting for the next batter and, you know, if a ball goes foul, whatever. And he just, like, looks around and sees me. And he's just like you know, wide-eyed, and I'm just like, what? And, you know, I f- feel like this itch on my chin, I, and I grab it, and it's just like just blood just pouring out of my chin. Oh, and I'm just like, oh, no, this is not good. Yeah. So me being on the job, I still wait for the batter to get out. Then I run over to the trainer the other side, and I'm like, hey, can you do something about this? <laughs> so anyway, that was a long journey to this short story it should have been the love of the game right (laughs) so basketball season and senior year and i have to go take my physical um i failed my physical because apparently i had a concussion and i never went to the hospital and so you know throughout you know my senior year and especially going into like you know doing my physical i just had like tremors in my left hand so just would not stop shaking and they did a MRI and an EEG, and they found it's like, oh yeah, you got tattooed pretty hard, and so that was it. That was the end of my basketball career. Oh shit, bummer. Yeah. So I feel like people that have like hobbies, like, yeah, you know, you collect hats and jerseys. Obviously, this is something that is it continues throughout our life. Yeah. So what what are kind of hobbies that you had when you were younger, you know, high school stuff that you oh would do? the jersey collecting? You started collecting jerseys in high school. I started collecting jerseys back in '95. Okay. Specifically, champion NBA ones. Okay. Um, so <clears throat> the first one I got was a Grant Hill rookie year. So the red Pistons. Oh yeah, classic what a, look. Um, what's that? Thank yeah. you. Um, <laughs> I still have it. Um, just that specific one because it was a size forty, which also goes to show how short I used to be. And you know, from that point, I just had a love affair with with champion NBA jerseys. And you know, every time I got lunch money or I never got allowance money. It was literally just lunch money. And I would just like not eat at school because, Hey, champion jersey are 45 bucks. So I get 15 bucks a week. If I save for three weeks, boom, I got a Jersey. That's a long time to be collecting jerseys. I did not expect you to say that you'd be oh, yeah. collecting jerseys that long. Oh yeah. So while we're there, 
How how did you start getting into actually customizing your own jerseys? Because I know you, you have jerseys where you have oh I, yeah I've gotten you blank jerseys yeah and I know you you've actually put team names and actual yep. names of you know players. So how did that start? So that started three years ago. Um, I was watching Netflix and came across a show called Slobby's World. But this is after like ten people recommended, dude, you need to watch this show because one this guy talking about. It's yeah like a, it's like a thrift shop show. And, but the guy always had, like, champion jerseys or, you know, some kind of deal he was making with them. So mm. I ended up watching it, and there was one episode in particular where they had a guy, uh, Curtis Lynn. I'm not confident on the last name. Curtis is, he's a graphic designer in Los Angeles, and, you know, Slobby, the main character of the show, had gone to him to get a custom Clippers jersey done. And it's just like, oh, shit. I didn't realize that was a thing because Champion hasn't had the NBA contract since 2002. And here I am (laughs) close to 20 years away from that. And so I hit him up and he's just like, oh, yeah, you know, if you got a couple, I'll do it. So, you know, scoured eBay, scoured Mercari, scoured Depop, et cetera, to try and find either blanks or like half done jerseys, compiled it up and sent it off to him. And that's where it began. That's kind of ill. Are there any jerseys that you're kind of searching for? Like, what what what's your hit list of? Oh my god, ones that you're really looking for at this moment. So there's like a hard fifteen that I'm still after. Um, there's five left of the gold label NBA at fifty collection that came out during the ninety six ninety seven season. Mm-hmm. So I think I need Willis Reed for the Knicks, the Tony Tuku, uh, Tony Kukoc, Chicago Bulls. The royal blue Shaquille O'Neal that they randomly did. And then both of the Elgin Baylors, one in the blue and then one in the yellow. And that's it for those five. Everything else is just more obscure players who I'm after them because they either went to a very specific college or they were part of a you know top 10 draft class for a very specific year. Where does the obsession with colleges come in? Because I feel like it, that's a that's a big thing for you. It's like yeah. this person went to this college. I, I don't even know how you kind of like organize that in your brain. How everyone <laughs> went to what school? Historian, like yeah, like, you know, <laughs> oh like, man, you knowing literally every college that a player went to. Like when they, when you did, we would do a lot of the like trivia questions for oh, the shock drops. Recap, I see. He just those those used to be a lot of the answers. We'd be <laughs> yeah. like, this person went to this school, and what were their winning percentage when that? Yep. So how did that like obsession kind of come about with college? athletes i mean for me because it's like i've always had an appreciation for for collegiate athletes in general because especially due to make you know the pros um guys who are incredibly touted like you know five-star recruits coming out of you know some random high school in like nebraska whatever and then you know they have a great college career but for whatever reason they don't pan out in the nba and you know, then we forget about that, but we still just kind of think, you know, fond memories of like, man, remember when he was balling out at like St. Bonaventure? Yeah. Oh my God, those were the days. And so because of that, that's that's the route that I really wanted to go down um, because there's always great stories that come from collegiate athletes, you know, whether they make it in the pros, whether they make it, you know, playing overseas, whatever, you know, me having a jersey that can, you know, tell an entire tale more so than what my mouth can do. Because somebody can just look at it and be like, holy shit, man. I remember that guy. God, I thought he was going to be the greatest. And, you know, that's that's how it goes sometimes. I hear that. All right, so while we're on college, tell me, how did you make the decision to go to Oregon? Oh. Were there other schools in consideration? Yeah. Like, how did that work out? 
So the original plan was I was between two schools. So being a California kid, being in the Bay Area, the, the go-to is always Cal. But, you know, I'll admit, I didn't have the grades for Cal. So there was no way in hell that was going to happen. Uh, the second was UCLA. So my favorite basketball player of all time is Reggie Miller. Um, Reggie Miller played college ball at UCLA, you know, when I was little, little. And my dad and I used to watch UCLA basketball games all the time. So, you know, I hung with that. So it's like, okay, cool. You know, I'll go to UCLA. Well, the problem with that was, you know, as I mentioned earlier, when I left my junior, after my junior year of high school to go to Washington, having in-state tuition, you know, was, was out the window. And, you know, I wanted to, I wanted to get heavily into journalism because the, the funny thing about most sports writers is that there, there's a moment in their life where they come to, I'm never going to make it as a professional athlete. So, Hey, I might as well write about it and talk shit. Yeah. So I had that moment when I was 15, when I, when I got struck with that baseball and, and more so my senior year when I couldn't cut it at basketball. Um, so a couple schools came up. One was Hofstra, which is upstate New York. Okay. Um, in which case, uh, for anybody listening, if you can name the last major player to play in the NBA at Hofstra, I'll give you a hundred bucks. Shit, they, they had a really good player like a, like a few years ago. I don't remember his name though. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm not f- no idea. Speedy Claxton. <laughs> oh, Speedy Claxton yeah. went to Hofstra. Speedy Claxton went to Hofstra. Oh, I did not know that. <laughs> yep. So. It was a hell of a time finding that jersey. <laughs> um, and so, but that also, you know, went in tie with me staying in, in California because my journalism, pro- I almost said professor, my journalism teacher in high school had like really strong ties there and they had a really good pro- journalism program and he could have gotten me in. Okay. Well, because I changed high schools, that wasn't the case. So I just did junior college at a high school and spent a couple of years off. And then, you know, I was living in Oregon and... I actually wanted to go to Oregon State because the barometer, which is their school paper, was actually like one of the best reviewed, best rated, you know, college papers in the country. Mm -hmm. The weird thing is they don't have a journalism program. So it's all just kind of student done and run and, you know, whatever. Meanwhile, a little bit down the road, University of Oregon has a stellar journalism program. And the funny thing about it was I grew up just absolutely hating Oregon sports like University of Oregon Ducks. So, you know, I decided to be the bigger man and buried the hatchet, and it's just like enrolled there, and my GPA was finally in an adequate range where they let me in. And wow, so you nailed almost it. ended up with the rivals. That's kind of crazy. Oh, yeah. Crazy. But I sure as hell was not going to go to University of Washington. Question. <laughs> uh, while, while being in Oregon, is that where you, like, uh, learned, well, love to, like, run, like, long-distance running? Because I heard you say earlier you- no um so well i mean i did when i was there because i actually played i played more soccer when i was there but then also you just went to hayward field because this was back when you know they didn't have like all the barricades and stuff they do now because they've they put so much money into it world championships there olympic trials are there but used to be able to just like oh yeah walk through a gate and you know go (laughs) run the track Mm -hmm. and i live like three blocks away from from hayward field when i was living there um, and most notably, the vast majority of the uh, the athletes and, and track stars from Oregon who then went on to Olympic greatness yeah. were my neighbors. Like wow. Ashton Eaton lived right across <laughs> the street from me, and he's hands down like the greatest Olympic athlete of all time. Um, you still keep in contact with anybody? I haven't, but the weird part is I ran into him. So when he won gold in 2012. Good year. Yes, 2012. 
Um, so that was, or no, no, no. He, he was in 16. Sorry. Uh, cause I graduated in 11. So there was a weird time period. So 16, we ran into each other randomly in like 2018 back in Oregon. And he actually remember who I was. And so we don't, but we don't keep in contact, but it's just like, yeah. Hey, at least, you know, you, you still remember my name and still remember I was your bartender at Max's <laughs> Tavern down the street from campus. So, yeah. So what's the environment like at Oregon when you're there? Uh, how'd you enjoy going to school there? Is it a party school? What's been like in college? Definitely a party <laughs> school. Um, no, the weird, the weird part about it, as far as like educationally, like that was when I finally took it serious. Because okay. um, yeah, I did high school, then junior college, like right afterward. Mm-hmm. I took a few years, off, few years off because just like I just got done, just burnt out with school. And if there's one thing I can highly recommend for anybody, it's just like you know, don't feel the pressure to go directly to college after high school. Take some years off. Figure out what you want to do with your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, because it's, it's weird talking to younger kids and, you know, them being college. I'm like, oh, what's your major? And they're a junior. I'm like, I don't know. What? Like, you've, you've burned two and a half years of tuition. You have no idea what you want to yeah. do. It's so strange. A lot of people just, just floating. Yeah. yeah. That's college for a lot of people <laughs> yeah, in this, in this situation yeah. these yeah. days. So, in all honesty, it's just like, you know, hey, when you when you turn of age and you're, you're outside of high school and stuff, it's like, go get drunk. Even before that, it's like, go get drunk with your friends, go get laid, go travel the world, whatever. Just like find some life experience that's going to motivate you to make the decisions that you are, especially when you make a huge financial commitment like college. So um, I took I took school seriously. Like I was like a three point eight GPA student, which I had never been in my life. Like two five was like my max. And. And it was it was satisfying to my parents because they're like, oh, my God, you're not dumb. This is great. Um, <laughs> no, they never really thought I was. They just knew I just like didn't ever yeah. apply myself in high school. That's what happened. Sometimes. Yeah, exactly. I was the same. I, sl- I slacked off a lot. Homework. <laughs> what a waste. Yeah. All right, so speaking of that, while we're on that topic, you took the Wonderlist, the Wonderlick test while you were in college. How did you know that? I did my research. Oh, shit. I did my research. <laughs> you have an extremely high score. What what kind of fucking questions get asked on the Wonderlick test? All I, right. I don't even know. I'll give you the context behind how I even took the test. So do you want to do you want to set it up as far as what the Wonderlick test is? Well, it's like it's a test that all college athletes have to take when they like if you're going to the NFL draft, yep. you take the Wonderlick test. That's how they assess how like kind of like smart you are, I guess. Awesome. You know? Yeah. Your, your intelligence level. So I needed a job. And, you know, because college is expensive and I applied at a jewelry store, which is something I really don't recommend anybody do because <laughs> unless you're heartless, then do it because you're going to. Yeah. If, you, if your main motivation is money, heartless. Oh, yeah. If your main motivation is <laughs> money, is do it. Apply. <laughs> and they actually made me take the Wonderlick test because you, you were right on the right path with that. It, it actually tests cognitive skills under pressure. Because you have 50 questions, you have 12 minutes, and even if you finish all the questions, whatever, like the time it took you to do it, you're still gauged on that. So it's like, oh shit, you know, being a sports guy, I was like thrilled to take this. I'm like, I don't even care if I get the job. I was like, I could tell everybody (laughs) took the wonder. Like, and, you know, turned it in. I I finished with like 30 seconds left on the clock, and I ended up getting like a like 100%, which. (laughs) Only, only one person in NFL history has done that, and that was Ryan Fitzpatrick, who, you know, man went, man went to Harvard, for Christ's sake. He's no slouch. Yeah. <laughs> this, this guy, he's crazy. <laughs> Brain capacity is really there, y'all. Just know. All right, so 
while you're at Oregon. Yep. I'm I'm, st- I'm sorry. I'm still like trying to like, 50 questions. 50 questions in, in 12, 12 minutes. minutes. Yeah. That's gang shit, right? Bruh. Oh, and you asked what the like, questions how, were. And you said yeah. you had thirty seconds. Like I, I would be like, Ugh, like it's, it's. I'd like, be looking. I'd, I'd still be looking at the at the proctor. Like, wait, you want me? To, like, okay. It's basic shit. It was like, you know, find, not not quite like find the verb in this sentence, but it was like pretty damn close to it. Um, calculating percentages from certain, you know, certain equations and stuff like that. Because, I mean, especially, you know, working in jewelry or, you know, car, you probably have to take it as a car salesman too, you know, being able to calculate, you know, the math that quickly, especially when, you know, there's some room to negotiate when it comes to jewelry. Um, so, yeah. I hear that. All right. I'm going to see if I can worst, take that for Worst job I ever had. I'm just going to throw it out there. <laughs> worst job. All right. So, while you're at Oregon, did you indulge in any sports? You're a sports fan. There, there was some good things happening. BCS title game. Oh, big time. Talk to me. Did, did you attend? I did. Um, so how was that? I made a shit ton of money on that game. Okay. <laughs> so did you bet against Oregon, or or did you bet the spread? No, I I was a little more clever with it. So actually, you know, it, it college thinking about it now reminds me a lot of you know hat club noho situation of everybody having to camp out in you know for hats and whatever. Mm-hmm. So my what's what ended up being my freshman and my sophomore year at Oregon. We still had to camp out for football tickets. Oh, shit. So I know that hell you guys go through. And I mean, we had to camp out like a full 24 hours in advance to even like get lucky because this was the tail end of the Mike Bellotti era and the beginning of the Chip Kelly era. So mm. hands down the greatest years in Oregon football history. And as much as people want to say, you know, Oregon's a football school, Oregon's not a football school, I will say Oregon's not a football school. It's, an, it's a track and field school. Okay. Dominate it. So, you know, going through that and then uh, huh, going to the Rose Bowl for the, oh, what was it, the 2010 was absolutely amazing because my dad and I used to go to the, you know, Pasadena for the Rose Bowl every year. And so this is like one of the, the first times it's like, oh, shit, I get to do it as a student. This is great. And then we lost to Ohio State. So thing was not so great anymore. <laughs> um, and... And then the next year, we oh, we go to the national championship in Arizona, and we lose to Auburn to a goddamn field goal. Um, so, and then the following year, we went back to the Rose Bowl and beat Wisconsin. So that was that was the icing on the cake right there. But as far as you know, the making money that during the national championship against Auburn, um, a buddy of mine, a buddy who works at Nike, and I, you know, got it in my my head. It's like you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna make shirts. I'm gonna try and sell them see what I can do with it. And so I sent him the rough draft and it was literally the Heisman trophy with a sack of money, dollars flying out of it. And I put it as, you know, scam Newton Leisman trophy. <laughs> Cause you know, it's, you gotta, you gotta, sh- you gotta talk scam, shit about who you're, who you're going against. <laughs> and <clears throat> he liked the concept of it, but the artwork on it was subpar, you know, compared to what he can do. So he's like, Hey, it, I got you. So he, you know, completely redesigned it. So he made the Heisman Trophy actually look like Cam Newton. And of course, all this got produced like before the Heisman was announced. And so it's like, all right, I've got these, this graphic and these shirts in hand. Oh my God. Now I hope to God Cam Newton actually wins the (laughs) Heisman because otherwise I'm looking like a jackass with a bunch (laughs) of shirts that are not going to sell. So he wins it. Thank God. Oregon, Auburn. Now we're going to play in the national championship. And so... 
I just grabbed my backpack and sold a couple shirts on campus. And then we, you know, took the trek down to Phoenix because it was out in Glendale at, at the time, University of Phoenix Stadium. And I just walked around just, you know, all these parties and stuff and just, you know, had one shirt on. And people were like, oh, dude, where'd you get that? And I'm like, oh, I made them. And they're like, oh, how much? 20 bucks. And within like three hours, I made like five grand. Shout out to Cam Newton. Yeah. And I, exactly. Love you, Cam. Uh, but I didn't even have a ticket to the game. And it's just like at this point, it's wow. just like, you can buy a ticket. I got a wad of cash yeah, you in my pocket. get some season tickets or something. Yeah. And I was like, nah, fuck it. Uh, I found uh, a buddy's tail, uh, like a, his dad's frat. I hate hanging out with frats, but his dad, his dad's frats tailgate. And so, you know, just watch the game with them, drink beers, still out on my money, Oregon loses. And so it's like, all right, I could sleep easy on this. Nice. All right. One last Oregon football question. Bring it on. You, you were going to school when the LeGarrette Blunt incident happened. Which one? The, him him kicking the ball through the end zone against Ohio State no, him, or the Byron Hout situation? Yeah, him punching Ooh. Byron Hout after the game. Can we talk a little bit about that? And what's the what's the temperature on campus when something like that happens? All right. So, <laughs> oh man, I haven't told this story in a while. So I was at friend's house, and I mean at the opposite end of Eugene from because I mean we most of us lived on campus. This person lived like a good amount of way a ways away. And before I go into this more, do not ever drink and drive. Oh. Uh, so we were all, you know, faded, and the game was just god-awful because it's like there's no way in hell that Oregon should lose to Boise State and whatever. And with about two minutes left on the clock and just realizing, like, Oregon State was Oregon's fate was sealed, I got up and left. So this is before the incident happened. I get home... And I turn on the TV to ESPN just randomly in case, like, I miss some, like, miracle. Nope. Watch LeGarrette Blunt just clock some hillbilly in the face. <laughs> and, and it's like, oh, man, I wish I watched this live. Yeah. And so I'm one to admit a lot of people aren't because a lot of people will say, oh, dude, remember that game back in, like, 94? I was totally there, man. I'm not that guy. I'm honest and upfront about this. I did not watch it live, and I can, I'm a man enough to admit that. Damn. I know. That's a situation, I feel like. But campus was amazing the next day. <laughs> I could imagine. Yes. I could imagine being upset, like, oh. You're just hearing the story over and over from everybody else, and you're just like, I was th- I was sort of there. Yeah. <laughs> but but I, Almost. But I will say, I, I mean, just there. based on where I was in Oregon, because a lot of people don't know, Oregon is in a very racist state. So the mixed emotions on that were the road you don't want to go down and then the road of like, yeah, dude, pal, probably said something to spark him off and so he punched him in the face justifiably, which, as it turns out, he did. So, um, yeah, that was kind of a, it was a really hot but also controversial day on campus. I hear that. Yeah. All right, so you leave Oregon. What are the first jobs you get into fresh out of college? Oh, man. So, well, the, yeah, so like the, the Major League Baseball job that I had, that was after... No, no, no. I hadn't graduated completely yet. With the, the cave dweller <laughs> thing? Yeah. So, so how does that come about? So I was in the MLB fan cave, and the way that came about was um, 
it was it was a social media experiment program that they did. It was the second year they were doing it, and essentially what the job was was like you 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 sit in this large like TV studio room type thing, and you watch every single baseball game. You interview celebrities. Players will come through if they're in town, and and blah blah blah. It just sound like man, this is right up my alley. I mean, mm. as a, as a sports journalism kid, it's just like Sounds this like is dope dream. as shit. Yeah. So the first year they did it, I I didn't apply just because it's like, no, I want to finish college first and then do that. Coincidentally, the day that they announced that this was going to be a thing, so this is back in 2011, is when I started my Major League Baseball tattoo collection. So for those who don't know, on the right side of my, of my body, from my waist up, I have every logo and mascot for every American League Baseball team. On the left side, I have the same thing, but for the National League team. And each one has like a weird modification because it tells a different story within, you know, the team's history, whether it's good or whether it's bad. Um, And so it's just like that was that was a mixed part. It's like, okay, I'm going to graduate high school or college in 2011. Let me get through that. If they do if they do it again next year, I'll do that. Plus, on top of which, you know, all the tattoos will be done. So sure enough, they do it again. And I'm like telling everybody about it. It's like, oh, dude, this job is going to be dope. I'm going to apply for it. I feel like I've got a good chance of getting it, which I've got confidence in myself to an degree. But, you know, for something like just perfect of a job like that, like yeah. I rarely ever say I'm 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 going to blow everybody out of the water. This is going to be the best thing. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, you know, thousands of people apply for that. And, you know, you blah, blah, blah. So Rose Bowl against Wisconsin. And when I get back, then that was when the uh, submission. So this is like January 2012 to, to submit to apply for this thing. And the thing they were asking for was there were three questions they gave you. You had to write essays for each one. Okay. Um, and then you had to make a video and something else, too. But I can't remember what the third part was. But the submission, the one submission that I remember for the essays was I had show I was like, dead confident they're like oh yeah doug fister the detroit tigers is going to win the al cy young he's going to throw a no hitter and whatever but i I was really you know kind of comical about it and and then i sent my video in and of course it's like you know me with my you know hat wall in the background and you know i had gone as brian wilson the former you know closer for the giants is it for halloween uh you know a couple months prior so like my beard and my hair was still dyed black like i forgot to use the washout after 12 washes for i just did straight like shoe polish so so i do my submission and then at the end i'm just like you know show off my tattoos and whatever and then Three days later, I get a phone call, and they're just like, yeah, so you're applying. I mean, you're, you're like, you really want to do this, right? And I'm like, yeah, of course. I wouldn't want apply for it. And what a call. They had, oh, my God. Are they you like, sure you want to do this? Yeah. So much interest just because, you know, I'm a, I'm a weird enough looking dude, and, you know, I can say funny things on occasion. And so it's like, okay, there, there might be some interest there. Because the job itself was basically social media, but trying to draw in a younger audience for baseball, just because it's an older game, it's more older people tend to like it, unless you like really have a religious family about baseball to like, you know, kind of drive you into it. So, um, so I was like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And, you know, the next round, like they, they, they whittled it down to like 50 people. 
And they're like, okay, here's our 50 finalists, and I'm there, and, you know, I see all these other people from, you know, different cities and et cetera and had their different fan bases. I, I, I was an Oakland A's representative because that's my squad. And the next thing that we had to do at this point is sell ourselves to the media to try and drum up some support on social media. So me being a journalism kid, it's just like, okay, I, so in Eugene, uh, like the three, so Fox, CBS, NBC are all basically in the same studio. So, um, you know, I roll out there and I'm just like, Hey, you know, I, I hate being this guy, but if you guys need a story on something, I'm applying for this job and you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, tell them about like all my tattoos. And they was like, really? Like, okay. Uh, we'll give you a call like tomorrow if, if we have anything. I'm like, okay, dope. So uh, the woman who ended up coming over to my house to interview me, I forgot her name, but, you know, her camera guy just, you know, looking at all my sports memorabilia around the house and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I'm selling myself on my passion, the passion I have for baseball. And they're like packing up and I completely forget like, oh, shit. You want to see my tattoos? Which is <laughs> creepy unto itself there. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We forgot about that. So then they shoot it afterward. And they're like, oh, yeah, cool. So this was on a Sunday. And they're like, we're going to, you know, re, you know, edit it and stuff like that. But it's going to be on the news tonight. I'm like, yeah. dope. So I I think I mentioned earlier, I was a bartender at a bar called Max's Tavern. So I always worked the the Sunday shift from 9 p.m. till like 4 in the morning. Like the bar, the bar closed at 2.30, but... Had to clean up afterward. And, you know, I turn on the TVs to the to the news and know that's what it is. Well, that was also the night of the Grammys. And this is also the night that Whitney Houston died. So the Grammys are on and it's on the same station as this news broadcast. So it's everybody finishing watching the Grammys, leading in with Whitney Houston dying. And then all of a sudden, hey, here's this fucking dude <laughs> who's got all these baseball tattoos and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> And and at the bar, because I was busy, you know, serving drinks, and there's, like, people outside that are like, wait, was that you? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. Like, that's dope. So I got class the next morning, so I, I, I'm walking on campus, and I get two phone calls immediately. One is from down in Bakersfield, um, because a TV station down there that, coincidentally, my mom used to work for, it was just like, hey, we, we saw your broadcast on you know, so-and-so, and they're our sister station. Um, can we ask you a couple questions? And then we're going to run the feed on our broadcast because, you know, you lived in Bakersfield. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. So answer my questions as I'm walking to class, and, and boom, I have a cigarette. I'm outside because at the time, the class I was taking was at Night Library. So, you know, finish my cigarette, and I'm walking in. I get another phone call, and it's another news station, this time in Minneapolis. And, you know, same thing. It's like, hey, uh, you know, we saw, the, we saw the feed and blah, blah, blah. A couple of questions. We want to, we're going to run with it. I'm like, yeah, let's, so give him a couple of minutes. So I get into class late and I'm like apologizing. Like, hey, you're not going to believe it. I was doing like all these interviews. And he's like, mm-hmm, sure. And we're in the middle of, and it was actually journalism classes, which made it, made it way more pertinent. So we're in the middle of, you know, finishing up some stories and whatever. And my phone just at this point is just blowing up. And I'm getting calls from like New York and a couple other places. And so I called the New York number back because I know Major League Baseball's offices is in New York. And so it's like, okay, 
we get like a 30 minute break because the class was like two hours long. So I run outside, call this number, and it's one of the heads of public relations for Major League Baseball. They're like, hey, we need to talk immediately. I'm like, what? <laughs> what did I do? They're like, we got people from Yahoo, from Bleacher Report, from Barstool, you know, et cetera. Like, they all want to do inter- interviews with you. Can I give them your phone number? I'm like, yeah, of course. Why would I say no? <laughs> Like, why did you even ask my permission? Yeah. Like, okay, cool. Just making sure. So for like the next like three days, just like interview, 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 and just blah, blah, blah. And to the point where it's like, it, it's still crazy to me that with like one phone call and popping into a TV station, I'm just like well, worldwide, worldwide attention, basically. People, people want to know. Yeah. Do you have any tattoos? I'm sure we can no, stick uh, on a tattoo. Might as well, right? Do you get all done by the same artist? Yes. Uh, so oh. my, my friend Felix, Felix the Tat in Eugene, Oregon. Okay, um, yeah. So where, where, how did that like come about? You just like one day you're just like, uh, did it start with one logo? Yeah. How did that start? So the original plan was actually was going to be a full sleeve. Um, a buddy, I actually, and I actually went to another artist. Uh, his name is Reed Gaker. Gacher. Sorry, I stumbled there. Um, Reed is funny because he and I later became roommates. So this is kind of interesting um he turned me down because the original idea was going to be like the stomper elephant exploding out of my arm and then all the other mascots are going to be running away from the elephant okay but he's just like it's there's too much going on there in such a small space i don't think i can wrap my head around you know conceptualizing that i'm like okay cool so then you gotta respect that honesty i agree (laughs) <laughs> I was just saying, I, yeah, much like myself, I'm honest. Yeah. I, I I try to associate myself with very honest people. Yeah. So then I brought up the idea as far as like you know on, on my rib cage because it's like okay, bigger area, split up American League actually. Yeah. He sat on it for like three days and he's just like nah. And it's crazy because he's a huge baseball fan and that was like why I went to him in the first place. So it's like well shit, I don't know what to do now. And so I drove across town to. Uh, to this this other shop which black lotus is what it was named and felix who he and i are great friends now um was there because he had done a tattoo for a former girlfriend and so i i told him the idea he's like they were closing up and i'm like hey i just have a quick question here's my idea do you think you could do it and he's just like oh fuck yeah dude i've been wanting to do like a big baseball project for a while it's like dope uh, we set a date and, uh, I think we ended up doing like a couple weeks later and gave him my idea and, you know, he needed like a week or two to like, you know, put it together, mm-hmm. showed it to me. I didn't make a single change cause it was just like, this is exactly what I want. This is perfect. It was meant to be. It yeah. It was supposed to happen that way. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I feel like you're, you're in the process of ML, a major minor league baseball logos as well, right? Yeah. All right. So how, how's, how's the progress going on that? So it's how many co- minor league baseball logos are there? There's like 140. Okay. So I got I got work to do. So these ones um, and it and it's split up. So this is how meticulous I am about it. So um, the the dividing line, obviously, in the country is the Mississippi. Okay. So and especially like where you know certain teams are and the leagues that they're affiliated with, etc. So. Um, so basically, my right leg is west of the Mississippi, <laughs> left leg is east of the Mississippi, and I've clearly done more work on the right leg just because 
there are actually less teams before the realignment that happened a couple of years ago um, on on the West Coast and the East Coast. So it's a little bit easier to kind of like flow through these ones. So by the time I'm done and we're actually starting like low ball, A ball and working our way up to AAA because then when it blends into like all the major league tattoos, it's like literally going from the minors all the way up to the majors. That's fire. Thank you. All right. All right. So if I'm correct... You you were the Oakland A's mascot at some point in time. I was. Okay, so how does that happen? How do you become the mascot? What, how do you even apply for that job? What's what's that like? So this was during the transition from my when, when my now fiance was finishing up medical school out in Florida. We were both looking for work, and I came across like a job board for sports, and the Oakland the Oakland A's were hiring, and it's just like looking through all the the jobs they had available, and it's like one of them was like, oh, mascot, and like. Well, that seems kind of dope. Um, I'd never been a mascot before, but I also thought it was going to be like Stomper, the the actual elephant. What it turned out to be was the three racing mascots, kind of like the sausages in Milwaukee. So there was a Ricky Henderson, a Raleigh Fingers, and a Dennis Eckersley one. Okay. And, you know, applied for it. They called me. They're like, oh, yeah, meet us at the Coliseum up in this section. And the application process was literally just like okay put the suit on run from over here to over here and then run back and then we're gonna have you like walk around and trying to interact like as if there's people there you can't talk and so <laughs> and the other guy who i was with and i are just gassed when they finally started like asking us questions because it's just like there's this piece of like parchment in front of your face it's like <laughs> literally wearing a mask but then you're also trying to like full sprint with 40 pounds on your back and somehow I got through it, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you're you're hired." Like, dope. So I did that for two years, and I was the Dennis Eckersley mascot. Nice. So, like you just can't talk. Like. Oh, I broke that rule like after yeah. like a month. <laughs> but I but it gave the character a little more spice because okay. especially like when we're playing the Dodgers, and you know Dodger fans would talk shit while I'm in the mascot outfit and be like, they "So don't expect you to talk back." Correct. So me as Dennis Eckersley, it's like. You motherfuckers are literally Dodger fans because of me, and just going with the. I, I, I didn't cuss. I didn't cuss. In the, I, I will say I didn't cuss while I was in, in character. How many people can't like make complaints like, "Hey, get that guy." Yeah, I did get. I did get some some stern warnings about it, but after a while, they just kind of realized it's like, yeah, it yeah, is. Like, I'm true to it this. is kind of funny that you're doing that. I know you're there. Like I'm true to this. Like yeah. So that was the one rule I was broke was just the uh, the the talking. I, I couldn't help it most times. So when does Hack Club come into the picture in this timeline? So actually about the same time. Uh, so I got that job in 2014 because we had moved back to Oak or moved to Oakland January. So like basically eight years ago last month. And um, aside from doing the mascot thing, I was also writing for the Oakland A's team magazine because of my journalism background. Wrote a couple good articles for that. Um, but, you know, I only worked on game day. So it's like I need something more to do. And at the time, there was a hack club location in Concrete, California. So about 20 miles northeast of Oakland. There was one in Daly City, California. So the other side of the bridge, like South San Francisco. And then there was another one which still stands, which is the Great Mall location about 10 miles north of San Jose. And... I had gone to the Concord store like when we first moved 
to Oakland and, you know, picked up a couple hats and, you know, met some of the employees. I'm like, oh, shit, I've only known about you guys since like 2012, but it's really dope that you guys have a store here. And so I've always wanted to go. And then I go to the Great Mall store like, you know, a couple of weeks later and the same girl who was that conquered when I was there the first time was there. And I'm like, oh, hey, fancy running you again. I didn't realize you guys had more than one location here in the Bay. So I got to check this one out and I'm buying another hat. And at this point, it's just like, I just went on their website and I'm like, I wonder if they're hiring. And sure enough, they were looking for an assistant manager at the Daily City store. And, you know, I went over there to apply in person as I do. And, and I swear to God, I was wearing a suit because um, <laughs> you got to dress for success. Yeah, yeah, and the same girl was there. I was like, oh, shit, you know, once again. And, you know, hand him a resume, application, whatever. And it, it was funny because, you know, at this at this point in my life, it's like I had already, you know, wor- been working for the A's. I worked for Major League Baseball. I was a consultant for new era for three years you know after the mlb job ended just because i knew so much about hats but then even before that i worked for like two different like retail chains selling hats and jerseys so it's like i had the background to do it but she still kept me on ice for like three months like i never i call every week i'm like hey you know just checking in application whatever and just nothing 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 so as I found out about a month ago, uh, Paul Stasha, one of the, the owners of Hack Club, like told me the story because I just casually brought it up. I'm like, why the fuck did Veronica take so long to hire me? And he's like, oh, I got a story about that. And it was literally, <laughs> you were so overqualified for the job that she didn't know if you were being serious. I'm like, why the <laughs> fuck did I apply then? And... And I think deep down, she also thought that because of my background, that like whatever, even though I'd be the assistant to her, whatever direction she gave me, it's like I would just like fight, you know, tooth and nail about it. And it's just like, no, it's the exact opposite. It's like companies are all different. You know, I want to I want to be able to fit in. I want to do the best that I can. It's just like I can talk about hats. I can talk about my passion for hats. But it's just like if there are rules as far as customer service, as far as, you know, stocking product and you know, et cetera, et cetera. It's just like, I'll, fo- I'll follow the rules. Like, yeah, I want the job. <laughs> what is, con- a con- we got to just rewind real quick. You said you were consulting for the MLB. What is that? What does that entail? So that was a combination of a couple things. I was, um, so there was a small group of this. Cause like back in college, I, during my last year, so this is post MLB job. I was depressed as shit. And, but I still had like three more, classes in college to finish up my my last degree and at that point it's just like i need to write about my experience with this and with mlb and you know i have all these other great stories about hats and you know etc so that's what it was i just i started daily hat blog um called hats and tats and you know worked out a lot of my frustration with with that because when i got let go from mlb because i mean my entire life it's just like you know wanting to do something with sports, do something with baseball, you know, maybe basketball, whatever. But baseball is like the big one. And, you know, getting fired, basically getting blacklisted for like an extended period of time just because I, you know, rub so many people the wrong way when they let me go. And it's like, shit, I got to start over from the beginning. And yeah, I was down. And, but, you know, girl I was dating was just like, you know, hey, you got to finish fucking school. You had three classes. Like, it'd be stupidest to not do this. 
Um, and then the whole time my mom is just like, you, you need to start writing. It'll help you blah, blah, blah. And, and sure enough, it did. So with this blog, um, new era took notice and they, they hit me up. And because one of their reps, I had drunkenly met in Toronto at a blue Jays game and he remembered me. And so he hit me up. He's like, Hey dude, you know, we want to fly you and a bunch of other collectors out to Buffalo to headquarters and give you a tour and all this other stuff. Like, Dope. it's fucking awesome. Yeah, that's, cool. that's awesome. All right, so you started assistant manager at Hat Club, right? Yeah. How do you? Because I know uh, one thing I know about Hat Club, they like to promote within. So yeah. You you might start as a as a store manager and you might end up as lead designer as we can as we've seen. You <laughs> Bingo. Know? So so how does how does that start working? How do you become uh, into social media? And social media specialists and all. And, and I don't even know what's your what's your title these days. So my main title is community and engagement manager or director, whatever. Like it's a very long. Yeah, that, I was about to say that's title <laughs> for like. Oh hey, fucking Twitter guy. Um, I mean, it's really what it breaks down to. But you type that all out or do you abbreviate like fucking Twitter guy? No. <laughs> <laughs> I throw an apostrophe after the end. Don't need the G. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. No, I I I always I honestly always forget the title because okay. they gave it to me one time and and it's is literally on a piece of paper, uh-huh. but it's like when somebody asks, like I have to like close my eyes and like really think about the word usage that's being used because it's just like Twitter guy. Let's yeah. let's just go with Twitter guy. Um, yeah, but yeah. So like, how do how does that start? Like, you start assistant manager. How do you start getting? What are the first responsibilities that you gain? Because at this oh, point, Lord. you do a lot of stuff for Hack Club. It's like. Uh, um, you know, you run the Twitter. Sure, we all know you. Yeah. for the guy on Twitter that we scream at when we're angry that we don't get hats. We've we've been there before, Ben. You know, this you have you do recap. You know what I mean? Yep. So that's a whole other thing we'll get into eventually. Yep. But like, how how what are the first like re- different responsibilities that come into play besides being an assistant manager? So I mean, I was I mean, it was literally just assistant manager, and then occasionally I was working at the Concord store, just kind of filling in for shifts. So. About two months after I got hired at Hack Club, um, one of the owners and then like the CEO, current CEO, came into the store and they were all just like, oh my God, I can't believe you're, you're actually working for us. I'm like, how the fuck do you guys know who I am? <laughs> like, we read your blog. We remember when you worked for MLB, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, I got... Like, wow, I'm like honored that you guys know this. And so somewhere in the conversation that we were kind of having with that, it then turned into, hey, you're good with Twitter. Do you want to take over the Twitter account? And that was it. That was literally like, no, didn't apply for, you know, any, it was just, but this was like a year later uh, or no, they, they brought it up during that, that two month time period, but it wasn't for like another full year. So we're, to, we're in like April of 2015 where they finally were just like, hey, you're good at your, once again, we, we know you're good at Twitter. You want to take over the company Twitter account? And I'm like, yeah, sure, I guess. That was it. It's not as glamorous as it? as it should have been. Yeah. So what are the other things you handle these days? Because oh god, there's a lot, there's a lot on your plate. I feel like... You're a busy man. When stores... I mean, when NoHo reopened, you're the guy they brought into town. Yeah. So like, what is like... I'm still baffled by that. No, it? not really, but... Really? Oh, yeah, I was about to... <laughs> What does your job entail exactly? Because it feels like there's a lot that goes into it. I, I feel like you've been in cities scouting different locations for stores. Yep. That's a little, there's a lot going on there. I get, a, I mean, I get around. So I, lo- I love to travel. If, you know, my life story I hadn't already, you know, pointed that out. But um, 
No, I mean, as far as like the where my job kind of progressed into what it is now, because I was still, I was still running a store. I was running the store in Concord, and you know, just me doing Twitter was just kind of like a side project. Even though it was me twenty four hours, or it still is me twenty four hours a day, seven days a week, you know, all year, and I've been doing it for what? It's been seven years now. Oh my God. Whereas other companies have teams of people doing this stuff. Yeah. So when my store got closed down due to COVID. You know, they, I had the option. It was like, oh, you can work in at Great Mall, but Great Mall is like 45 miles away. It's like, I don't really necessarily want to do that. That's a long commute. Yeah. If you guys, I'm, I could just do the Twitter full time because I'm, you know, always pretty helpful with that. But it ended up turning into like, like the way, like recap. So it, 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 it evolved into that. And the only reason recap happened was because one of our marketing directors, who's no longer with the company, um, great guy. And, you know, he wasn't fired or anything like he just moved on to another project. So back in November of 2019, I was in Vegas with my girl and he just randomly called me and started talking about like, hey, you know, you have a pretty good on-screen persona, personality. You know how to talk and, you know, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, we, we've been thinking about, you know, like we, we want you to do like a show like on Instagram. And it's just like, dope. I pitched that three years ago and everybody (laughs) said no. Um, But it's like, okay, cool. At least somebody understands, you know, what, what I'm capable of. And especially because like my time with MLB came up and so, you know, kind of getting back to this and, you know, the, the timeframe it was going to start, it was going to be May 9th. So five, nine, um, 59 50 day basically and and then just like everything just kind of like went crazy from there uh the first person we had as a guest was mark maidment the senior director of brand for for new era and so that was like the real test it's like well if i fuck this up we're not doing recap anymore (laughs) and he he loved it he he thought you know all the weird questions i was asking the match game the way that came about was uh, one of the owners, because um, we have an Australian owner um, that a lot of people don't know about, he threw me these five questions. So it was literally the car, the song, the, you know, et cetera. But he didn't, it wasn't in the form of match game. Like I had to, you know, spice it up a little bit to have it make sense because it's like, these are five really weird fucking questions to ask. <laughs> during an interview but it's just like okay if i turn it into a game show then it's like okay we might have something here and that's what it was um and then we you know and recap was only supposed to last for a week because it was like the entire week for you know 5950 yeah you know sucks well you know what happened and everything with covid but you know that that really put hackle up on the map and so you know the attention was on us and so we do that you know a week of shows and the response was like super positive. So then our our marketing guy, uh, Cameron is his name. I forgot to mention earlier. Was like, man, you and Justin should do this like every week. This <laughs> yeah. is great. And I'm like, okay. Uh, and that Justin, you know, as as we know how gruff and uh, docile he can be as a, on occasion, was just like, yeah, fuck it, whatever. It ends. <laughs> so I, I had a much more positive attitude about it. Um, but yeah, we, we, we kept going on it and it was, it was fantastic, but because I was still doing stuff at the store during this time before, or no, no, sorry. No, the store hadn't closed yet. So I was still going in when I could, when, you know, just shipping online orders out and then we opened store, opened up again. 
It, it was it was crazy. And then, yeah, finally, the end of 2020, recap is still going. Um, I no longer have a store. I was helping Great Mall out, but then they just kind of realized it's like, no, you're everything you do as far as Twitter, everything you're doing with recap, it's just like you can literally just do this stuff from home because you respond to everybody. You answer everybody's questions. Not a lot of other brands do that. And no, that's a fact. Yeah. And, and to be honest, and as far as the reason why I do it is because for any of us who grew up during, in my case, the 80s and the 90s, like we didn't have anybody helping with this shit. Generally, if you were to ask a question in any kind of a store, you were bothering the fuck out of that guy. And they'd be <laughs> so annoyed to just kick you out. So to be this kind of a person, um, I always say to be a conduit for, you know, information as far as, you know, this, this passion that we all share, I, I enjoy being it. And so it's just like, to me, it's not, it's not so much a job. It's just, it's like, Hey, I got to wake up every morning. I got to talk about hats. It's fucking sweet. It was like your purpose, like your purpose. In a sense. Yeah. Like way more, like, like exactly how I felt about, you know, what I thought my job or my time with major league baseball was going to be. It's just like, just realize like I rechanneled my energy toward hats because, you know, the hats helped me get that job. And I just wasn't yeah. thinking about it clearly. It's just like, no, this is, this is actually probably the right field that I need to be in. Thanks. Can you talk a little bit about how Recap has evolved from like being you and Justin? I feel like originally it was more like a hat collector yeah. kind of specific thing where you guys used to have a lot of the OG hat collectors on there. And now with Bree, it's more of a like, you know, you guys get rappers on there and different kind of personalities that you get to kind of come across. Yeah. Can you talk about the evolution of how Recap has kind of changed a little bit? <laughs> yeah, of course. So truth be told, it was the re- one of the major reasons why we kind of made the change was it's one thing to have two dudes who know a lot about hats and talk about it, but it's another thing. It's just like, well, it's it's two white dudes talking about hats, and you know, we need it. We need to have a little bit more diversity here. And yeah. so, we had always wanted to, like, after a while, we wanted to incorporate a female member into it because you know, women collect hats too. And I, yeah. to be honest, like, a lot of women have just you know kind of taken over and moved you know hat fashion to another level. And so. Sure. Getting a female, sorry, a woman on board with this um, was 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 a smart route to go down. And one of our, you know, other marketing directors in the past, like she, a woman, she was the one who actually originally suggested it. And so we were kind of like on the hunt, like, okay, who can we get? Mm. Brie was a guest originally, and everybody loved her so much that it's just like, shit, maybe it's her. Yeah. And so... We ended up talking to her and, you know, working at a negotiation and she was like absolutely elated and was like, yeah, of course I'll do it. Let the people choose. Yeah. (laughs) So bringing her on and, you know, slowly having Justin fade out and it wasn't so much that Justin didn't want to do it or that we were like kicking him off the show. It was Justin's so damn busy doing designs that it's just like he really didn't have time to do it. Transition. Yeah. Which is also hilarious considering like how much I do additionally on top of recap and Twitter. And it's just like, how the fuck do I have so much time all of a sudden? But <laughs> no, it, it, it was cool. Like it, I miss Justin just because I felt like our, you know, dueling energies like kind of worked well. Cause he would just be just so the grump of the group. And I'm just so high energy and smiling all the time and whatever. Like juxtaposition. I think we really are. And, and it's like my, my goal Every show that we did was, I'm going to make Justin laugh his ass off at some point. I'm going to say something <laughs> stupid, but I'm going to say it on purpose just because I want to see that guy smile. Speaking of Just, how did you first come in contact with Just? 
being that you guys work in the same company, but on opposite sides of the coasts, how did that happen? So here's the crazy part. So when I came out for the grand reopening of, of NoHo, so April of, of 2021, 2021, yeah, 2021, um, that was only the second time I've ever, I'd ever met Justin. Really? The first time I met Justin was in Arizona back at a manager summit that we did in Arizona. I think I said Arizona twice in the same sentence. It's just bad grammar right there. Um, and, and yeah, and he and I like just hit it off swimmingly. Um, cause we'd always talked on the phone. Like anytime we were like, you know, sending hats out to one another, et cetera. But, um, you know, getting a couple drinks in us and, you know, we, we, we had a blast. Um, there was a strip club involved that the, the night that we met. So <laughs> that's a great thing. Much always. later. Yeah. And a lot of other hack club employees were there too. And so question, you said uh, you guys send the hats to each other. Are there any gems you guys have helped each other? Like assist that, you know, like, are there any hats you couldn't get without him or oh, you know, no. vice versa? Um, so it actually, it wasn't like necessarily we were swapping back and forth. It was okay. just like he was transferring product, you know, ah, amongst okay, stores because okay, okay. we had a very, it was like an old system of way of doing that. But at the same time, I was getting a bunch of stuff in for myself because I cared way more about that than I should have. <laughs> and I want to say there were a couple world series patch hats that I got from him just because. I'd woken up, literally woken up one day. I I only collected on fields. I collected black nasties. I'm proud to say it. I'm proud to say it. <laughs> proud to say it. But I collected the grays and the greens as well. It yes. was just the on fields were. I didn't have a choice. Once they transitioned to black in 2007, it's like, all right, well, this yeah. is the way it's going to be. Well, we got to buy new hats. I know. <laughs> Um, but I, I actively started, actively started collecting world series hats and I think he had, he had the 1990 reds at his store at the time. And so I had to get that sent over. He's like, well, I got to buy that. Cause I, my mission was me being born in 83, collecting all the winners and losers if I could, um, all the way up to the present time. So that is actually one thing I'm still actively doing. Um, and especially like john our other designer that i hounded him about because you know prior to 96 because world series patches were not a common staple on hats trying to find losing team world series from 83 to 95 was just like good luck so we had to we had actually like custom create a lot of them and so that's how i was able to fill a lot of those holes in that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) missed opportunity by everybody there so i had to fill it in so, go for it. Oh, wait. We didn't really talk a lot about how you originally had gotten into hats. Yeah. So, what are your earliest memories with hats? How did how did hats become a thing for you? So, this goes back to the uh, the Bat Boy days working for the Bakersfield Blaze. Okay. So, one of the components of, do, of doing that is you have to you have to wear a hat. I mean, even though I was wearing a helmet for most of it, but in between innings and whatever, it's like gotta have a hat. So, the very first fitted that I ever got was the 1999 Bakersfield Blaze on-field hat, okay. which I still own. It was a 7.18. My head has grown exponentially since then. I'm a 7.5 <laughs> now. Um, but they were a Giants affiliate, so I ended up getting a Giants as well, which much to the chagrin of all my <laughs> A's friends, friends, and especially the shit-talking I did earlier in this broadcast. Um, and then from there, I think I went Maroon Philly, so like 1970 through 1991. Okay. Uh, 
classic pinwheel 1969 through 91 Montreal Expos, which okay. is hands down still my favorite hat of all time. All right. Um, and then, yeah, just kind of cycled from there. And, you know, prior, to, like going into 2010, so I'm in college, and that was when I, like, really started getting into it. And it became a series of, because I think I only had, like, 10 or 11 fitteds at that point. So from, like, 99 through 2010, only, like, 10 fitteds. So 2010, I just start spending my money on hats and tattoos. And it, it started with, you know, I'm going to get it one of every team. That's a good place to start. A couple yeah. of minor league here and there. Then I got some umpire hats. And then it's just like, oh, well, this other one's pretty dope. So I like that Oriole. So I got to <laughs> scoop that. And then I made the jackass decision to, I'm going to get every on-field ever made. How hard could that be? <laughs> oh, fuck, I'm still working on that. How did, you, how did you even just pick that, like, yeah, we're just going to go for that. Just... Oh, it was a drunken decision. I can guarantee that. Like, I don't drink as much as I used to, especially, like, when I was in college. And I wouldn't say I ever had, like, a debilitating drinking problem. But there were some nights where it's just like, <laughs> I'm going to drink two pitchers of Paps Blue Ribbon to myself and smoke Ooh. a bunch of cigarettes. I'm going to solve all my problems in that night. And usually it revolved around spending money on stupid shit that I didn't need. Bingo. I'm saying I, I call it an investment <laughs> on happiness. It sounds like therapy to me. No. <laughs> it sounds like an investment on happiness. And, and that's the weird thing about it because yeah. some people look at like, oh, my God, you were fucking crazy for spending all this money on all these things. And it's like, well, bro. going to do it? I got a job with Major League Baseball for collecting hats and getting a bunch of tattoos. Like, how stupid is that? Mm, that's a fact. And now I'm at Hack Club for the exact same right. reason. Now you get to do Fucking madness. And I met my fiance because I got that job with Major League Baseball. Everything's happening for a reason, right? It, yeah. It all works out eventually, yeah. uh Costs a lot of money, but, you know, hey, it's all good. It works. Tax write-off at some point. Eventually, I'm learning. I got to write the book I'm first. Learning. I'm trying to get to the tax write-off part, portion of the story. It'll, it, it'll be exactly like the you know the secret of my success, except you know not involving Michael Jackson, Michael Michael J. Fox. Sorry, I killed my own joke. All right, so you're collecting hats. You're working for Hat Club. Pink bottom surfaces. Oh, man. What is that like from, from your side? Because me personally, I tell this story a lot. Jelani's the first person to ever show me that a pink bottom existed. He sent, uh -huh. me, he sent me the Hat Club post. He said, yo, he sent it to our group chat, actually. He said, yo, guys, they're making pink bottom fitteds now. And I said, you know what? I don't think I, don't think I need that in my life. I said, you know, a gray is fine for me. You know, I can, I can do the gray. It's fine. Then, then I think like... Three weeks later, it was like, yo, guys, there's lines for these pink bottoms now. And I was like, oh, shit. Damn, is this a thing? I saw the photo for the first pink bottom that was ever done. So, you know, Frosty's 96 Yankees. Mm -hmm. And I love Frosty to death. But when I say this, it's like, I'm not saying this. I hope I don't hurt your feelings or anything like that. But my reaction to it was like, what the fuck is that? Because it was just so out there yeah i mean as we'd all know it's like i had seen you know colored underbills before yeah. but not necessarily done on purpose like done really poorly by other hat companies but um you know for me it's always, it's always gray green black okay i can't so once pink came along and i was just like i was just like it wasn't hurt. you know it wasn't i was taken aback by it but just not in like in in a in not really negative sense it was just like so 
polarizing. That's exactly so the word different. that I used for it. Yeah. I think pink bottoms were polarizing when they first came out. Absolutely. It was just like, whoa, you know, like, is, am, I, am I okay with this? Is this something that, like, I'm, I'm going to That was the welcome? thing because it was just like, with the Yankees, just like, it's a classic hat. And then it's just like, wait, what is this? Yeah. You it, know, it's just like, ugh. And it, especially it, for yeah. it being the Yankees because of just how by the book and clean cut the Yankees always are. So for the first team to ever get it done, I was just like, mm-hmm. Still, I'm used to a Steinbrenner boys are going to be pissed. Yeah. Dad's rolling in his grave right now, you know, kind of a situation. And but the, the crazier thing about it is, like, once I saw one in person, like the the, the level of detail that went into it because it's like craftsmanship, it's one yeah, craftsmanship. It's one thing to just like slap the the fabric on the bottom and just kind of sew it in, but it's just like no, it was very timestakingly done, mm. and it worked. And it's just like the more I thought about it. Like, I wanted, like, you get that feeling. It's like, okay, do I hate this? Do I love this? Yeah. You know, and, and the more I loved it. And it's just like, yeah. shit. All right. Justin Prime really onto something here. So, like, when do you, when do you start seeing from your side? Cause you're the Twitter guy. So mm-hmm. people are, I'm sure there has to be some people kind of asking about this at this point. Yeah, like, like, what's going on with the pink bottoms? Mm-hmm. I'm sure people found out, like, all right, Noho's <laughs> Japanese. Like, Taclip has a Twitter account, you know? Yeah. Where do you start seeing the hype come in on your end? Because, I, I mean, were you guys getting... You guys didn't get the original Pink Bottoms, but eventually you got Red Velvets in store. Yeah. Yes, because that was the first one. Uh, as far as, like, the first major release of anything Pink Bottom for every single store was the Red Velvets. Yeah. So this would have been, what, Valentine's Day of 2020? Pre-COVID. I mean, we may have caused COVID with the Red Velvets. Who knows? <laughs> but it, was, it wasn't even called Red Velvets at the time. It was just literally yeah. just called the Valentine's, Valentine's Day, Day collection. Or collection, yeah. Um... No pins, you know, except for the, like the regular hat club exclusive pins. But prior to those coming in, there was actually a dude who came in asking for pink bottoms. And I'm just like, how the fuck do you know about that? And he's like, oh, I'm from New York. I'm like, ah, okay. That, <laughs> that makes every every bit of sense right there. Um, but actually, the selling point for me as far as what Prem and Justin were doing that like really enticed me was the icy bottoms. Um. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but I get a, a certain kind of way when it's just like the navy, icy. Yeah, navy icy is really wow. good for me. Ben, I'm not that, gonna lie to you. That, that was the first. Like that was my first hat club had like navy icy subway series. That's one of those ones. Yeah, that that one. I took it out the box and it was just like. Yeah. I think I, I was kind of like I was iffy about it. I had I had bought a pink bottom, but I was still kind of I don't know how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. I think once I saw tips hats come out and I saw like the color different colors, kind of where it wasn't just OG colorways. Yeah, and it was like you saw the the purple with the pink and you saw icy with the infrared. It kind of brought it home for me, mm-hmm. and I was like, you know what, I fuck with this. You know what I mean? And everything just progressively got better. So, but but the, the interesting thing was once we got the Valentine's collection in, you know, I'm thinking it's like okay, the Ray East Coast is reacting to this. New York's more specifically, I can't say East Coast. New York is its own entity and planet, basically, and I mean that in the most endearing way possible. Yeah. Um, but so when everything, all these hats came out to the West Coast and Arizona and whatever, they fucking sat. I could imagine because nobody knew what to do with it, and it was just like. I mean, like other people, like some people bought their team because it's like, oh, it's I'm a Ace fan, Giants fan, whatever. It's just like I'm going to buy. It's a new hat, so I'm going to buy my team's hat. But then other people, just from a from a fashion perspective, just like this is fucking weird. Like I don't I don't know what to to think of this. 
Um, and then, so for that collection specifically, like I didn't have to send the rest to New York just because everything had sold out here at NoHo so quickly. And same with a lot of the stores in Arizona. It's just like, well, we can either as a company make money or we can not make money. And so that's where they view that. It's like, okay, send them all to NoHo. We'll sell them out there. Well, then COVID happens. And, you know, we, we had a few other things come through. But the weirder thing, and, is, and a lot of this attributed to, you know, Hack Club's success of where they're at now and how, you know, people, especially across the country, up into Canada, up into Mexico, and then eventually worldwide, the whole reason everybody got introduced to, like, the pink and the icy specifically was because of the fact that NoHo being closed, and it's like, well, we got to sell yep. these hats. So... No hose closed and we can't, they can't accept shipments. So it's like, okay, let's give them a shot online. And that was it. Yeah, because once you take the, I mean, Noho wasn't getting a lot of stock at that point. So once you take that amount of stock and you throw it online for everyone, oh. that's where that's where the hype oh. really, really got to got to getting. You know, it, it got going because it, it wasn't easy. I mean, at the time, it's a, it's a little bit easier than it was now, than it is now to hit a hat. You know what I mean? But it was it it was it was a situation back then. Still, you know what I mean? It was. They they were moving. Am I wrong? <coughs> no, you're right. Those hats were moving re- yeah. pretty fast. What is the first pink bottom that you actually purchased yourself? Ooh, shit. Um, well, I know I have to be a special one. Philadelphia Phillies '70s logo, green eggs and ham. Okay. Oh, okay. Yeah, only because I feel like getting an, the A's one of that that same collection would have been cheating. Because it's like, yeah, it's my team, but it's an A's hat and. It's, they're already green, and yeah, so it's, it's like I gotta, I gotta have. It's gotta pop a little good, bit more. Good selection, yeah. Good thing you challenge yourself. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Can you talk a double dare bit? physical challenge yeah. style? <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about the the change in the community from um, pre COVID, pre Pink Bottom to to now? Because you you were interacting a lot with the community on Twitter, and, and tell me what that kind of has has changed. I'm like half laughing and half crying at the same time because of <laughs> I'll never forget the exact day that this happened. And do you remember because it only dropped once? Do you remember the original A's pink lemonade? Yes. Green logo. solid green logo. Yeah. Do you remember how fast they sold out? Yeah. Do you remember how much shit I took from everybody for that one? <laughs> that was that was like the day where I realized like Oh man, we're we're onto something good here, and, <laughs> and and I and I realized that everybody in New York and Justin especially were kind of like aware of what was going on. But yeah. as far as just the absolute anger that came from a lot of people, like, yeah. what the fuck? Why did you guys make more? And I'm like, bro, I told you before the drop, these were supposed to go to NoHo. It's a limited supply, <laughs> like. Yeah. Yeah, us thrown into a worldwide atmosphere. It's just yeah, like, of yeah, course, yeah. it's going to sell out in seconds. One of my nobody one, was hearing that. One of the things that I do sometimes, like after the hot club releases, <laughs> is I go check the Twitter <laughs> just to see how mad <laughs> people to, are. Just to see, like sometimes, like I'm frustrated. Like if I don't get the hat that I want, I'm just like, let me just go up there and see if other people are complaining. Read like three angry tweets. I feel a little bit better about my situation. Yeah, yeah you know. You know <laughs> it's not. It's nothing personal. It's just, you know, sometimes it's like, damn. No, most, I. <laughs> I go. I go back to that meme of Ben Affleck outside of his house with a cigarette in hand, just like, uh 
That's me. That's me. Thirty seconds after every drop, because I will. I will literally as soon as the clock hits. I'm out on the yeah, porch. I've got a cigarette in my hand, and I'm lighting it up. And just like, all right, let's fucking do this. Oh my! Because I know the absolute hammering that I'm going to take from everybody on Twitter if they don't hit. It's just going to be nuclear. Yeah. Can you tell us about the difference between the hack community on Twitter and the hack community on Instagram? Because it feels like there's Dude. a bit of a difference in the feel. It, there is. Uh, I feel like there's love on Instagram and hate on, <laughs> on Twitter. Like, not hate on Twitter, but there's just a lot. It's, it's a way more, people are way more aggressive on Twitter. It's funny because I think it's the exact opposite. Really? Wow. Yeah. I Well, here's why. Because with Twitter, because I can retweet code people, mm-hmm. they know I'll put them on blast. Okay. And But I'll, I'll go into more of that in, in a sec. With Instagram, I mean, yeah, there's an account behind it and everything like that, and you can reply to it, but it just doesn't have the same punch to it. And because there, I mean, there's just like random comments that pop up on on Instagram that you generally don't see on Twitter. And they're not just like terrible or like hate filled or anything like that, but it's just like it just seems like there's a lot more arrogance behind the comments that they're throwing out there. Like, Oh, your collection's mid like, fuck you. You're going to buy it next tomorrow anyway. <laughs> but that's the, that's of course the approach that I take on Twitter. Yeah. And, and especially when you look, you know, cause you know, the Instagram account is closing on rapidly on 600,000 followers. Yeah. Twitter is about to hit, I think what 52 or 53,000. So quite a difference in the number there. But, um, but yeah, I mean, like I said, because I can, retweet quote things on Twitter as opposed to exposing or having the same exposure with a comment on Instagram. People will pick and choose their battles a little bit more on Twitter. So it becomes like a question of whether or not, okay, are you, because you know, I'm going to respond. If I, if you say the right thing, you know, I'm going to respond. So are people just doing this to fuck with me or are they being like seriously angry about it? Sometimes a little bit of both, right? I feel like sometimes you gotta make an example out of somebody, right? Like, Always. <laughs> just set the tone. Just set the tone. Like, yeah, yeah, it could get like that sometimes, right? I know you don't want to, but it's just no. Like, I, and, and, I, and I don't. And yeah. I think that's you know until people put a face to until everybody put a face to me with recap, I think that really shifted the, the dynamic as far as like okay, how to take the response that I'm giving you yeah. because. Yeah, when everybody meets me in person and everybody sees me on recap, it's like I'm smiling, I'm joking, I'm having a good time, whatever. So you have to take that same attitude to me on Twitter. You have to you just have to imagine yeah. I'm like face down on my phone, like smiling and <laughs> I'm not, as I'm sending this. You know, as I can recall, there was a time I interacted with you on Oh, oh my the, god, was I a dick? I'm sorry. No, no, no. You actually nice. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. I was actually kind of frustrated about a release. I don't. I, I actually have, may have to look back at the tweet, but you helped me get a hat. I'll just say that. You helped me get a hat, and well, I appreciate it. Hey. That's a great guy in that sense. I, I was really I upset it. about the spring training Rockies I missed, and you helped me track one down all the way on the other side of the coast and, and, help, and helped it come I'm home. S- I'm still impressed I was able to pull that one off. One seven and three eighths left in the whole drive. Yeah. That's crazy. That was a hard hat to that's, get. That's magic. He did it. Yeah, shouts to Ben. So yeah, I appreciate the efforts. Oh no worries, you're, you're welcome, and you're welcome. Yes. Uh, <laughs> no, it always it always comes down to it's just like depending on how if if somebody comes at me so, like really awkwardly sideways about something, it's like yeah, I'm gonna make an example of you. Mm. But then you know, there's one thing to be frustrated with you know missing out on a drop, but it, if you if you come at me 
you know, it's just like, hey, can you give me a hand? It's like, yeah, of course I will. Why wouldn't I? I mean, Ooh. my job is basically, you know, you want to wear our hats, I'm going to put the hat in your fucking hand. Yeah. At least try to. It's a good feeling. I hate that. Two for two with you guys. There you go. I, <laughs> you have friends that you have helped as well. Yes. I will just say that. I always tell people it's all about community. You got to help, you know, one yeah. person help another and set a trend. Speaking of community, do you think that it's important that Hat Club stays in, in contact with the community? Yes. Why so, you know? Well, this goes back to last night with the hat battle. Um, couple. What ba- I'm sorry, but what a battle last night. What a battle. Seriously. <laughs> I ended up having to tap out because I literally tapped out because I was so damn tired. <laughs> yeah. I think I still actually had it running. So, yeah. Uh, no, it was, it was great. And, and especially for what Justin did, you know, it's like, hey, whoever the winner is... You, we're going to make a collection. Yeah. It's like, so it's, that, thank that's the God. Part everybody's happy about. Yeah. yeah. And, and especially with like Sean and, T- and Tab, like they didn't have to do this. They, you know, yeah. they, as far, and this goes from the beginning of them, just, you know, their appreciation, their love of, you know, Hack Club and the products that come out and stuff like that. And, you know, they don't have to do this every week, but they love yeah. it. They're, they're so passionate about it. And so, you know, I become friends with them. It's in the way I've become friends with you and like everybody else. And it's just like, yeah, man, if I can, if I can help out whenever I can, I will. If Jessica can help out whenever I can, he will. And so this isn't the kind of thing that happens in a lot of other environments for things that, you know, they're, they're, what's the word I'm looking for? Oh my God, I've been like on, on it. Um, just possessions. Like these are just, just, you know, a possessions and, you know, we don't necessarily need them, but it's just like, you know, there's something awesome about it. And so it's that cool thing we get to share. And so anytime yeah. we can help each other out, I'm all for it. And, and I know a lot of other people have been in the same position as me. I hear that. Speaking of tab, yeah. you were outside on Saturday. Yeah, I was just about to say, <laughs> <laughs> you just you got to see the, the, the commotion and the panic that's involved yeah. with, the, with the pin situation. Tell me about that experience and like how you've seen pins evolve from the inception. You know, it's crazy. I don't own a single one of Tab's pins. Yeah, you, because tab. I haven't had a chance to because they keep selling out so did damn you get, fast. Well, did you get yeah. one that day? Mm-mm. We got oh, no, we got to do right, make, Tab. We need to get yeah, Ben a Rolex. We're going to get Ben a Rolex. Here, here was why. Because, well, I see Tab pulling up like he's fucking Kanye. <laughs> and I don't mean that. I don't mean that negatively. I just mean <laughs> it's true, though. he comes out. I see his head pop out. And I haven't seen the man since since what? July or August of last oh, year. Wow. And just this frenzy of people just, oh, my God, I got to get a pen, <laughs> which is great. Um, and I was, but it's like I, I, I haven't been around that. Yeah. I didn't realize that Tab's pins had gotten to that echelon. Yeah, so so yeah. I'm just like standing back, just like, why did I like, what the fuck did I just walk into? Yeah, I was just happy to be there. <laughs> that was my first Tab pins, Patrick pin. That's dope. Yeah, and, and and for that one to be the first pin, I'm happy too. Very special. Yeah, the Rolex. I mean, it's just kind of it's kind of crazy. I don't know if you guys get to. You got one. I got like 15 Patrick pins. Oh my god! Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a collector extraordinaire, Ben. This is why we're doing the show here. I'm not the regular guy here, but I think it's just kind of ill. I don't know if you guys have this kind of sim- similar thing going on on the West Coast, but pins are extremely big over here. People, are, this has enabled collectors to kind of monetize themselves, yeah. create a brand for themselves, yeah. and and there's a lot of collectors out there that are able to kind of feed themselves, feed their families, just off pins right now. 
Can you talk a little bit about like from the from the inception of the small little copper hackle pin that we were getting to now? How far you've seen that come so fast? Hold on, I'm gonna take a sip real quick. <laughs> I feel like my mouth is gonna. Oh shit, I'm spilling some. Sorry. Uh, not on electrical equipment. Thank God. We we safe. All right, so pins are still to a bit higher level in New York, LA. It's getting crazy. Uh, but I haven't, as I say, when I, in two days, actually less than two days, I will be in LA so I can actually like kind of experience that. Cause I haven't been to hack the hack club stores in LA since game seven of the 2017 world series. I think I said that on recap tonight. So it's going to be nice to one, meet a lot of people, but two, just see how, like, how has this evolved out here? Mm-hmm. Cause in the Bay, I mean, there's been a couple PETA, uh, pin meetups and stuff like that, that okay. I coincidentally, like nobody tells me about it. <laughs> But I, it, but it happens to be at the Great Mall store, okay. or just like outside, and I have, I will come walking out and I see it going on. I'm like, oh hey, hey just happen to be here, even though I was literally working a shift like that, whatever. Um, and but just like what it's become. Um, do you guys or have you guys watched the show? It's always sunny in Philadelphia. Of yeah. course. Yes. All right, good. So the episode where. I can't remember the name of this episode, but they go to Dave and Buster's with Frank and they fire Frank because, you know, the economy's in the toilet and whatever. And Dennis and Mac are talking about, you know, the self-sustaining economy. That is literally what this has become. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's actually successful instead of Mac and Dennis making Patty's bucks because they blacked out on wine oh. <laughs> and, and dispersing all their Patty's bucks to the, you know, I the, think I briefly remember yeah. this episode. <laughs> but it, it works. Like, you know, everybody, you know, is making their pins. Yeah. They're selling their pins. Then they have money for hats, hats. and more pins. And, wow. and it just, it's just, it's, wow. it's the circle. Just got to keep it moving. And the economy then, is rolling. It is. It's, it's crazy. Like hats have somehow solved the financial crisis, like more so <laughs> than it. buying yeah. a shitload of gas and lighting yeah, it on fire, yeah, going door to door, trying to sell it. Crazy. Yeah. <laughs> but it's great. And, and to be honest, like I, I am more taken aback in, in in the best way possible by how creative the community has gotten to you know put the pins out because like as you said it was just these little copper pins that Hackla put out and somehow it turned into everybody is is getting on this yeah. and it's good because everybody should get their own piece of it even Hack Club too I noticed you guys putting out more pins now and I like that uh the last. Pin set that came out with the crocodile, yeah. Collection, yeah. I, I like that. The pins moved. Yeah, it went pretty fast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> something moved, right? Yeah, it'd be like that sometimes. It's Every, okay. Everything can't be a hit. No, exactly. And it's just like, okay, it's the first time in a long time that that hasn't hit, but it's fine. But look, they tried something new, and it did, it went. It's, it was, the, it was the timing. Yeah. If we drop these things in March, holy shit! Oh, St. Patrick's Day. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, I mean. They're probably better than the last St. Patrick's Day collection. So there you go. I don't know. I like the old St. Patrick's Day collection. I'm crazy about that one. Really? What about the one before? It was the shamrock in front of the logo. No, no. I don't do those. Okay. So, I think not to, I'm, not, I'm not crazy about the, the, I, the fruit I feel like logos before, and like the extra stuff in front of the logos. Yeah. They, they don't really hit too good. much for me. I mean, I will admit, I mean, uh, as much as I love the, the shamrock, because it was just like, you know, from this is so this is two years ago that we're talking about. Yeah. You know, team colors, shamrock, you got the logo in the center. Like, I'll admit, it looked like some, like, Irish police force softball <laughs> team hats at the same time. Yeah. Like, way too proud to be Irish kind of kind of thing. And I am Irish, so I can make fun of the Irish like that. 
So what are some of the most annoying questions you get asked on either Instagram oh, comments or, or Twitter? You know, just you can toss a few of them at me. Oh, the one I always feel bad about, and we'll, we'll go with recap specifically, is oh. the, hey, Brie, are you single? Like, I know they're not directing <laughs> at me. But it's like, oh, my God. Like, and that happened, like, quickly after she took over Justin's spot. And it's yeah. just like. Every time I see it, it's like this poor girl, this poor, this poor beautiful lady. Yeah, no, she's she's gorgeous. But at the same time, it's like this. It's like don't 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 do that. Just just, you know, let her let her be. Um, No, but as far as like questions that I get asked, I mean, it's it's evolved because I remember back in the day when people used to ask the one question that drove me through a fucking wall was, hey. Uh, when are you guys going to do NHL teams with your new era hats? <laughs> After I just deeply explain like two days before about, you know, how contracts works with licensing. That's another thing. I mean, as far as like the level of depth that I give to a lot of people's questions, yeah. even though I should just, you know, give them the finger, the but the I don't. Yes, the yes or no, right? But I don't. Yeah. yeah. And I could, and but I don't. It's just like, no, I'm going, I'm here to educate you because... It's not like there's press release information on on any of the stuff, and so it's just like okay, I I, I happen to know this because I work for New Era, I work for Hack Club, I work for all these other companies, and here you go. So it, it's the repetition of the same of the same questions over and over. It's nothing like necessarily specific, like, but just like literally something I had answered like five minutes before, and somebody could just scroll back one tweet. Like oh, there, there's my answer, but no, they're just, just going to ask it anyway. Like 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 somehow the the order in which the the wording is is like somehow going to be like oh yeah, this is a completely different question. Like no, no sir, it's not. All right, so I I, I got a feeling that we know what your favorite collection is. Uh huh. I think excluding crossover, cool fashion stuff. Uh. Can you tell me what is your what is your uh. What is your favorite hack up collection, excluding crossover cool fashion? Oh man. Um honestly the first run of the fitted female collection, which okay. I'm still gonna call late I'm, I'm gonna call ladies night, because that's yeah. I'm here with you. Yeah. yeah. He might not agree with us, but, but I'm here I'm here for, I'm yeah. here for ladies night. Ladies no, and and that just kind of flew out of my mouth when we were on recap and somehow it just stuck. It wasn't my intention to like just completely change the name, but it happened. Um, so the first, the first ladies night was great. Um, fit a female direction for those who, who care. Um, what was the other, another good one? Candy pack was pretty decent. Cereal pack was fucking rad. I like cereal pack. And cereal pack was interesting because that was one of the first collections where I wasn't present because I was in Hawaii during that drop. Okay. And coming back home to the vitriol of just <laughs> anger behind tweets that was interesting um but austin had taken over and so he kind of did his best with that yeah. um but uh actually but my favorite of especially of 2021 is emerald bay okay i love the emerald bay collection yeah, yeah that was a good one. and the, the 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 late 80s early 90s just basic s logo with the 89 All-Star Game patch of the sign was the tits of the collection. 
I like that one. I'm not gonna lie. My favorite is the one with the Indians patch on the side, just because you don't get. You're not gonna get that patch probably ever again. Yeah. I think. I think that's probably gonna be the one and only time we yeah, can see that patch. That's valid. So to me, that like I once I saw that, I knew that was gonna be a thing for me. But I hear you with the with the old school S. 89 All-Star game. Mm. I'm never mad at that combo. It's a hit or miss with me sometimes. That should be hitting. I'm not going to lie. That crossover. Nah, the crossover. No, no, no. Crossover is nasty. Which one? (laughs) That one up there? That one, yeah. Oh, man. You know why we had to do So can we talk about that real quick? Because I was going to talk about hats you've designed with Hat Club. Yeah. I I feel like you are kind of the originator of the cool fashion crossover. I am. Like, you kind of created the first crossover for Hat Club. Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, I shouldn't be pissed about it, but occasionally I am because of <laughs> this one specific goddamn hat. So, I was... Okay, so those who don't... If you, if you haven't figured it out, you know, I... There, the amount of time I spent in the Pacific Northwest, it's like there there are some things that I, I still hold kindly and dearly to my heart. But, you know, end of the day, I'll ride and die with the bay. But in regard to sports, um, you know, I was a Pacer fan growing up and then living in Oregon, I transitioned to being a Blazer fan because it's at the time it was literally the only professional sports team we have. So and you kind of have to respect that. So this is like the tail end of the JL Blazers. Um, And then even on on top of which, it's like the Seattle Supersonics were still an existing basketball franchise. And I fucking hated the Seattle Supersonics. My dad was a jazz fan. Go figure, he's Mormon. Um, and and just like I don't know why, just the Sonics were like the bane of my existence as far as like like liking anything and coming out of the West. They were always in the way, and especially when you know they went up against Jordan and they went up against the Jazz a number of times in the Western Conference yeah. Finals, and just it was always between those two. So you know, here we are years later, and now. You know, Russell Westbrook gets drafted. Kevin Durant the year before, but Russell Westbrook gets drafted. It's the very last prominent pick in Seattle Supersonics history because shortly after that, hey, we're going to Oklahoma City. Yeah. Holy fuck. Like, I, as much as I hated the, the, the organization at the time, I was really salty about the way things went down with that, and especially because a lot of my friends, being from Washington, Diehard Sonics fans. And, yeah. you know, to see something you 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 care so deeply about, even though it means nothing in your, your day-to-day existence. But, you know, <laughs> fuck that. Sports are amazing, and, you know, they, they give us a, a charge of life every now and then. And yeah. so that was a moment where it's just like, uh-uh. I, and I've hated the Oklahoma City Thunder ever since. And especially I've hated fuckface from, from Starbucks for selling the team. <laughs> um I got a story about that. I can, I'll tell you after the show. Um, Howard Schultz. That's his name. I was trying to think of his name. Like I saw him, I met him face to face. This is back when I for MLB. Um, I'm, I said, I was going to say it after the show. I'm going to tell you now. I met him face to face at NASDAQ and like, because we had to open, do the opening bell and I was wearing a, I was wearing a Mariners hat and I just walked up to him and everybody else was like shaking his hand. And I was just like, Hey, my name is Benjamin. Go fuck yourself. Oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> what? <laughs> you, I, I can imagine you walk away. He's just like, who is that guy? Who, yeah. Who, who was that? I mean, he just looked at my hat and he's like, oh, I get it. Yeah. Yeah, I just, it just came out. Like, I just, I just told I, I, I told a multi billionaire to go fuck yeah, himself. You felt accomplished though after that, right? And I didn't get fired that day. That was the most amazing part. Yeah. 
Anyway, so going with a hat. Um, so I'm, I'm sitting on the couch watching TV, and I hit up John. And I'm like, hey, I've got this idea for a hat. I want to run it by you. If you hate it, cool. If not, let's do it. And it was, yeah, that mid-90s Sonics colorway, all dark green, a uh, little bit of red, but more specifically, it had to be have the metallic copper yeah. in the S. Because, glimmers. you know, from those jerseys, like the big S that was popping out with the Space Needle. Oh, man, it looks so similar. Gray underbill. You know, Batterman logo on the back, whether it was one or not, was not, like, important to me. But John still made it with a flat Batterman logo. So it's like, okay, cool. Whoo! That's a gem. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I don't think I know anyone that has the hat except for you. When did that hat come out? That's 2014, 2016, 2015. All right. Yeah, I know my shit, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people don't even know that shit happened. Yeah. You know, the, you know the crazy part about it? They fucking sat. I could imagine. So and only so they never went online. Two stores got, or actually three stores technically got them, but only two stores actually could sell them. One was not my store, which got them. So that was the Daily City store. I was the one of two people to buy one from there because, of course, I got the first. Um, The Victoria Garden store down in Santa California because apparently there's a high school that has it's it begins with an S and has the same colors. So, of course, that's all. And then sure enough, our old store in Seattle just gone instantly. Interesting. That's fire. Thank you. All right. um, While we're there. Can you tell us anything about... I know there's a collection coming. I know you've been designing. Okay. Can, can you tell us anything, any tidbits, any secrets, snippets? Yeah, uh, because we're at the point where it's actually going to get submitted, so I actually Ooh. can probably talk about it a little bit more. Okay. So I, I feel like I'd given enough breadcrumbs away, even though I promised myself I wasn't going to say anything about it, but we all know I talk too much. This, <laughs> this podcast will do definite proof of that. Um, <laughs> So, the clues I gave to that was my favorite video game of all time, which there were a couple different directions that a lot of people went with. Most people thought it was NBA Jam, and it's just like, nah, because we already did the crossover collection or the cool fashion collection, so kind of eliminated itself there, but goes back to old school Nintendo boxing. I'm a huge boxing fan. I don't talk about boxing often. And then I also had mentioned, like, oh, hey, yeah, I was going to get a tattoo of basically what it was. And so don't say it. we got to okay. keep that little bit of secret. All right. Um, but the level of detail that I put into it, because I sat on this thing for like seven months. Okay. And what lit the fire under my ass, um, a lot of people think I, I hate other hat companies. and It's not true. Mm-hmm. Like, shout out to my fitteds for coming up with the Super Mario Kart collection. Yeah. That was it. That was the moment where it's just like, holy Luigi? fuck, I need to get this collection together now. Because <laughs> if they went through the mentality of putting this together, mm-hmm. Lord knows somebody's going to come around to this thing. And so what I can tell you is, if you remember the game, because there were different weight classes that you went through, I have them all Based on that, I mean, like, specific teams for a specific weight class, specific patches for that said weight class, the yeah. fact that you fight three fighters twice, it's like, oh, there's two hats, one for each of the fighters. The underbill color is the same color of the mat when you fight the fighter, <laughs> and uh, 
mo- only one of them is is not a two tone just because the colors look weird. But it's just okay. like yeah, I involve skin color, hair color for the button, the gloves color is on the interior of the logo as well as the outline, and same with the patch and like the um, like the title card scene when you before you even fight the player, we just see like the little boxes and like their weight and stuff like that. Little details from that are included in the colors because yeah, I. This sounds fire. I didn't. Yeah. I, it's like I didn't want to short sell like this, and because I, I felt like if I did, if I missed like little details, like it would be an insult to everybody. So this sounds like you were literally painting. Like, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, I can't wait to see what. Yeah, you know, I'm excited to see yeah, the actual finished product. All, so. Off the air, I'll show you because I got the photos on my phone. There you go. That sounds fire. <laughs> all right, while we're, while we're there talking about. Other other stores. We we about to wrap up soon. Yeah. Yeah. I see everybody looking at me. Okay, man, don't worry. I feel like we've been going for like three hours. I don't know why. I'm saying it's been, like, to it's been a casual three what? hours. Okay, yeah, we we getting there. We getting there. Um, what was the last hat you bought not from Hat Club? Um, last one I bought not from Hat Club was from Grandstand in Chicago. Uh, okay. it was a icy bottom. A like a lighter blue, so more like so the in, like the indigo blue, like the okay. uh, the Nationals uh, cool fashion. The front of it was like was a outline of like Comiskey Park. Mm. Even had like the little pinwheels and oh, like okay. they do. And then the back was instead of a Batterman, it was the sideways nineteen seventy six style SOX. And it's just like holy fucking shit! Nice. Yeah, classy. Take oh. my money. Take my money. <laughs> Classy, yeah. Yes. All right. Now I got And I've got, worn it once. God. How, how long ago was that? <laughs> it's over the summer. Okay. <laughs> Last summer. Whoops. Yeah. <laughs> All right, I got a game I want to play. Bring it on. I don't know if you're very familiar with the term OG Pinky and OGIC. No, but I I think I'd wrap my head around it. <laughs> so We've been having debates about what's an OG Pinky and what's an OG IC. As I talk to people on the show, I kind of want to get their their opinion. OG or no G? That's all. I, that's all. I, I just want one or the other. I just okay. Want you to tell me if it's an OG Pinky or OG IC in your eyes. Okay. It's just your opinion. There's no right or wrong answer here, truthfully. You know what I mean? I think eventually, at the end of it, we might get to a right or wrong answer. Once I talk to Just Preem, we might get like a roundabout I feel feel. Like- in my position, I'm kind of more on the spot. So if I give a wrong answer that's like detrimental to like, you'll be all right. I think if, if be we good. were a publicly like tradable good. company, like <laughs> like nah. Elon Musk, you know, tweeting about stupid shit and seeing the Tesla's not go down, this is what I feel like we're walking people like into. To, people like to say I might be the definitive like knowledge of all Hack Club hats. Hey. sometimes they think I know everything that there has to that, that comes okay. out of Hack Club, and I don't know what the OG Pinkies and Icies are. Yeah. So don't feel don't feel any way. This is the only reason we're doing this. I really have no clue. So I'm trying to figure out for the people themselves. So let me get this duffel. <laughs> oh, my Lord. I feel like I'm going to go through a ruse here just because of the fact that there's going to be something that was only dropped at NoHo. Oh, no. I don't, I don't <laughs> and, there's, and, there's a, and it's like, oh, yeah. The only reason I went, yeah. No. There's not too much of those in here. I'm trying to keep it. Because, I mean, there's, there's, different, there's different thoughts. So... Some people say it might just be stuff that came out online. Okay. Some people might say it's just from the pre-order. Okay. Because a lot of people just you know take whatever was in the OG Pinky and Icy pre-order. We'll pass that down. So we'll start pretty simple. I think this is a relatively easy one. So what do you think, Ben? OG or no G? 
What do we have here? Pinky. I mean, that was technically... Okay, so what's the difference between OG and OG again? So OG would just be not an OG. Not an OG. Oh, okay. Uh, so OG Pinky or not? By, technically, that would be an OG because that was like one of the earlier pre-orders that we did. Because that was OG. the All-Star Game collection. This is one that I think everyone can agree on. Yeah. This, this can be considered OG. Okay, we can go there. Boom. OG or OG. This is a tough one. This is a kind of tricky. And that one's a Pinky? Yes. Um, if I remember correctly, that one dropped. Do you need to hold? You can hold, hold it. I want to say, yeah. Here, let me see. Yeah, you know. I didn't. I didn't realize I had that luxury here. You got. I mean, what's funny is, like, based on the price, I could still say it's a no G. <laughs> no, but I, I want to say that one came in actually like September, October of twenty twenty. We'll say that. We'll, we'll go no G on that. OG or no G? Wait, wait, wait. Keep yeah, fifty-five it Dodgers. G, no G. Pinky. Okay. So okay. So I'm gonna say no G, okay. but only because of how long that damn hat sat on the shelves of <laughs> NoHo when we reopened the store. This is facts. And just people just walked by it. Yeah. And I was like, they were looking for the Abbott's Field for some reason. But okay. but then after that OG. finally sold out, then it became like a hot commodity. So that's why I say no G on that one. Okay. Oh, this one's kind of so tough. OG. I'm not gonna lie. Well, it's it's in a, it's okay. in a weird space. Fuck you. OG or no G? <laughs> <laughs> it's the only fucking A's hat that we've dropped you that I. That, that, that is the, that is like hold one on, of wait, the bed. You don't have one of these? No. You know why? Because it's literally only dropped at NoHo. Oh, can you still uh, fit a three A? Yeah, probably. All right, we're gonna make that work. I'm gonna get. I'm, Do I'm I have gonna, to suck a dick? No, I'm gonna get. <laughs> <laughs> For the no, not, not that there's anything wrong with that. Retail. We're gonna make it work. Okay. I got you. I, wow. I got no, I can wait. No, I don't want. I don't, I don't want to take anybody's hat from their collection. I, have, I know at some point it will come around. So multiples. I mean, it didn't just drop at no. What are you, Michael Keaton and multiplicity, but with hats? Things My God, happen. things happen. So OG or no G? What do you? What OG. Do you say no, it's OG. Okay. Like that one. That is the quintessential OG. That's not. We got icy here. OG icy or no G icy? Um. Okay, so that one. Let me borrow that one real quick. Oh, he took the tag off. <laughs> That's where it gets a little bit more mysterious. Um, technically, technically, this would be an OG because this is part of the first IC collection that came out. There you go. All right. Yeah. I, actually, actually, I don't even know why I threw the word technically in there. It is, this is an OG. This yeah. is the restock, but. Uh, when it first came out, OG or no G? When it first when it first came out, I felt like a jackass for not buying it. But you have to go with OG because even though we've dropped it like four or five times since, like it's still a hot seller. And it's one of the original like, oh my God, it's not a letter logo on the front pink yeah. bottom. This is the oh, one that kind of fucked me up. I'm not going to lie. I was, I was collecting only Yankees from you guys until this one came along. Man. Fucked me all up. What are we saying? OG. OG or no G? No, OG, because we've only dropped it maybe twice. All right. I see. This might be my favorite. OG Actually, or no that one 100% is OG, because that I know for a fact um, What's-Her-Face's boyfriend was wearing that. Uh, it was like one of the first like promo photos that, that popped out as far as anybody wearing an Icy or a Pinky. 
God, I don't know why I can't think of the name this right now. This one is tricky. Yes. Dropped pre-COVID. No hole, but in the All-Star game pre-order as well. I know. So, th- does that... It's kind of it's kind of where that I mean I say OG just because of the fact that it has that connection okay. and it was part of like one of the earlier All Star Game Pinky Seattle yeah okay. all right and it's also one of those few patches that we really haven't used that much even though we should do it more often eighty seven oh, this is ninety one Twins icy uh, that one's no G no G no G no G as weird as to say that. <laughs> but but also once again one that we've hardly ever done. But I know I, I say that because the '85 All Star Game one was like really the one that, that that kicked it off, even with the TC logo compared to the M. All right, these are kind of tricky. How many of these you see on a, on a regular basis? White girl raffle pinky. So we got Florida Marlins 2000 World Series. You're looking at this hat like you've never even seen it before. <laughs> no, I haven't seen it since like it first dropped. Wow. So, so yeah, OG no OG? OG. Clearly OG. <laughs> there you go. There's one. We got another one. White gut pinky. You don't see this very often. 2000 World Series Yankee. So beautiful, man. I don't think I've seen it. It's also funny because it's one of the few that actually has a white tag on the inside. Raffle situations. Ooh. All, all, the, all the raffle hats have white tags on the inside. That's one thing that you like. That's the only way yeah. you really distinguish them. Yeah. This little new era cap tag right here, and the fact that there are white tags on them. So definitely OG on that. I feel like I haven't said a lot. No G. I, mean, I feel like I'm failing hard at this are, game. These are pretty no, simple. <laughs> Come on, we know what's going on here, Ben. I mean, six pinky and icy. Yeah, OG, OG. OG, I mean, OG. hands down. <laughs> Come on, it's kind of funny face. that we actually the icy one. We still have a, like two or three snapbacks left over at NoHo for those. I mean, I don't hate on snapbacks, the but snapback it's just like it's not it's not moving like that in New York. I'm I, not I get either. that, but still a good looking at. All right, this one was this in the pre order, Ben? Subway Series Pinky? Did this make the pre order, or was this just NoHo before the pre order? I was NoHo really sure. before. I don't yeah. know because we never did a pre-order on Team Color Way World Series hats. We only did to like a pre-order on Team Color All Star Game hats. No, there was a there was a pre-order for uh, Pink Bottoms. God, was I in a coma? No, it happened. It no, happened. on World Series Pink Bottoms. Yeah, when? for sure, for sure. I mean, I remember because I bought a lot on the leftovers once they came in. So you know, when leftovers are come in and they drop on the site, I ate heavy, Ben. I can't lie to you. That was, that was a great day for me. <laughs> Why do I not remember us doing a pre-order on World well. Series hats? This was a... Damn, and this... Pre-order World Series hat. 05 Sox World Series. Okay, so we did... Yeah, because we, we did the All-Star ones in May Ben, ben is still trying to figure, figure out that last one. He's like, nah. This was also in there, Ben. 97 Florida Marlins. Actually, you know what the funny thing is? Now that you show me that one for right, now it's coming it's back coming to me. To, it's coming it was back. it was in June. Yeah. It was it was like it this was one was in there too. Yeah. Whoa. I, I think we can agree this is OG, right? That is. Right. Actually, the 99 stuff seems to be more OG than a lot of the other patches. Like Let's with see. the exception of 96. Braves 95. I hate that patch Two-tone so much. Pinky? I hate it. Uh, OG? No G. <laughs> no G. So and I'll, I'll, I'll explain why I hate that patch. Because it's a metallic gold threading. Uh-huh. The original is metallic copper. Oh, so but that's, that's not, not as a pinky. Like that's we only like once or twice have I actually ever seen like the legitimate threading use for the patch. And somehow I own one. 
still baffled by that. All right, we got three more left. We got Diamondbacks inaugural. I, I think you, I think you might understand this hat a little bit because you dropped yep. them when you were at no reopening. Yeah, we did. So you are responsible for putting this hat on the shelves. Bingo! <laughs> uh, I'm gonna go no G because of that. Okay. Trauma. And then we go. <laughs> Icy. Man, okay. The funny thing is, between those two, I go OG on that one, even though it came out later. But oh, wow. oh my God, the Icy just like <laughs> pops. Yeah. That's a great one. Icy D back, so one. And then lastly, Noho Mountains. How you feel at OG, no G on Noho Mountains? <laughs> I'm going no G on that one. You know why? Mm. Yep. Because the back. Ah, Ray's wow, Batterman. Ray's Batterman yep. on OG. See that? Mm. And that's OG and OG, yeah. yeah. I feel like I did terribly. I, no, you I did, did pretty good. You did pretty good. I mean, it's it, yeah. it stands to be said once we interview everybody else, we can yeah. kind of get a feel for how you, for how You're setting you land the tone, in the scope. Though. You're setting the tone. I think we got we got to start there. Well, this reminds me. So when I was at Justin's Super Bowl party, Tab showed me a photo of every single colorway for every 99 yankees that we'd ever dropped and i want to say there was like 25 just but they were stacked on top of each other like they were all just like hugging each other and i think i got through up to like the last three and i was able to actually name all of them all i saw was just the side of the hat color and whatever the patch was that might have been my picture ben might have been i'm not not sure but could have been my picture. Yeah. I'm not sure. The one I the one I stumbled on was the two tone J tips. The uh, okay, yeah. But it, just because I was I was just more focused on so the panel the rather than the bill, and it's like if I looked at the bill, it's like oh, the firm right now. Just show that was easy. Check, check and show. Yeah, I mean this, uh, it was on our Instagram as 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 Robbie Digital would like me. So that's why you're producer extraordinaire. <laughs> oh. Shout out the Instagram. Shouts to at the Off the Dome Pod on Instagram. Follow us. Do all that good stuff. By the way, it's a great name for a podcast. Thank you. I appreciate it. No problem. Was this the photo, Ben? That is it. Look at that. Our our photos are being shared, y'all. We're being great. Shout out to IG. That is it. And I say, I got to... Those are all my hats, Ben. (laughs) I got pretty far on that. It's a good picture. I think think I'm missing a few, y'all. I'll let me if you got that that ninety nine icy white guts. <laughs> J tips ninety nine icy as well. Need that in my life. There's a few I'm missing. All right, let's wrap up. I mean, what else do you have? I want to ask your question last. Oh. Is there anything else that you want to get out the way before we get before we get out of here? Before Wait, that question? does your question have to do with that thing that's sitting right there staring me in the no, face? Well, we can talk about it. Real quick. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah. This is, this, this is special. Hat. This is special. Let the people let understand it, what this hat, because I don't think a lot of people Benjamin understand this hat. Let Benjamin talk All right, about it. I'll, do, I'll give you the Cliff Notes version of it. So, <laughs> 94, 94 Yankees World Series. Yeah. But more importantly, this goes beyond that, well, because this is one of the few made-in-the-USA polyester mm. 94 World Series batch hat. Um, I owned one of those. Um Shout out to T Mark. Shout out to T Mark. Um, and I saw him yesterday, and I brought it up again of how foolish I feel for making that deal because I got a Vin Baker Sonics jersey out of it. Funny how the Sonics just you know keep ruining my life. Um, yeah, I don't know why. And it's like I can get a Vin Baker fucking Sonics jersey anytime I want. But I traded my '94 Yankees away, so now I have a giant hole where that beautiful Yankees hat was. Don't worry. We will try to find you another one one day. At least it went to a great Yankee collector. You it did. You know I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. Team but I actually, I'll admit, I do have a just a random 94 World Series side patch. 
that okay. I can literally throw in any hat that I want to and fill the hole. But there you go. Options. Busy. I've been busy First lately. Time options. Yeah. <laughs> kind of debate on actually putting on a White Sox hat. Mm. See, that's tricky. That wasn't in the pack. And some people say they were the favorites to win it all that year. That's why. All right, before we get out of here, Ben, I got one question we want to ask you. If we go to the Bay, because we've never been, oh. what, what do we eat when we go to the Bay? What are, what are top food recommendations when we go to the Bay? <sighs> I mean, you can't go wrong with a sour... I mean, if you're in San... Okay, this is probably one of the few positive things I'm ever going to say about San Francisco. So, <laughs> as, as touristy as it sounds, getting a sourdough bowl full of clam chowder, okay. pretty fucking legit. Um, is there a spot I should be looking for for this? Oh I mean, yeah, I mean, you can go you can go along the wharf and you know you'll you'll find like a number of places. Actually, I will say it, I can't remember the name of it off the top of my head, but look up the Dom DiMaggio plaque. Okay, and it's it's the it's the the seafood joint that's like right by there. All right. Yes. You, you'll 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 know it. you're there by the seagulls the, that are attacking the all the all the all now, the tourists. If I pull up and the soup isn't good, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to have a conversation. Yeah. But I, I trust you. We're, we're gonna, gonna make good. that trip. We're gonna make that trip. Good, because I'll I'll just drive you there. Okay. Save you some save you some money. <laughs> all right. Sounds like a plan. Yeah. All right. What's that? <laughs> no, exactly. I mean, I did, I did help. I, I did I did pay half. The yeah, pizza. no, no, you did help. <laughs> It was. <laughs> it was. It was delicious. Pizza tastes better because it's on Hack Club. You know what I mean? No, that is that is hands down one of the greatest pieces I've ever eaten in my life. Appreciate. It. Shouts to Nick's. We still look, beginning and end of the episode. We looking. We're looking for promo. Yeah. You know, we're looking for sponsorships. Yes. Please, Send me a check, Nick's. We, we like the pizza. Lot of your best customers. I think Rob is. I, I think we got two of the top five customers, three customers in the game here. Yeah. So. Shout out to that. Ben, thank you so much for rocking with us. Nick's Pizza, get on your shit. Come yeah, on. You know, I appreciate you for coming all the way uptown and rocking with us. Of course. Thank you so much. Really appreciate You're welcome. It. You're a busy guy, so to take yeah. some time out the schedule right, real quick, I know you're supposed to be talking to wifey right now. We're going to relinquish you and let you know. Do your thing. I mean, as long as she doesn't think I'm dead, we're in good shape. Okay. Yeah, nah, you're very safe. You're, you're in safe alive. hands in the, in the Bronx, New York, so now. I'm an, I'm an odd enough looking dude where I can probably get around any part of New York and people are just going to be like, you know, if he's walking around at this part of the night, I probably shouldn't fuck with him. Yeah, it might be crazy. You never know. Appreciate you. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Follow Hope us to on have Instagram. you again. Yeah. Right there, Absolutely. Right? I'll be back. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Ben's going to be back. You know what I mean? We're going to have more guests. We Definitely. look forward to doing this more often. Yeah? We're going we're gonna to review OGs again, right? Yeah, OG or no G. We'll <laughs> see, what, that, see which ones. We'll a few yeah. Times. yeah, I need the answers. Yeah. We'll, we'll get back. I feel to like you. my credibility is on the line because of you. Nah, we'll let you know how you did. <laughs> I think I think you're I think you're doing just fine. Excellent, uh, Lonnie. Thank you for being yeah. here. I appreciate I'm, I'm, you. you know, I appreciate just... everybody in the background. <laughs> Shouts to Rob on the boards. Shouts to Vicky and Bo making it work behind the camera. Shouts to yeah. Jalea behind the camera as well. And shouts to Miguel doing his homework in the corner. I appreciate yeah. you, bro. Shouts Shout to you for still. Shouts to Miguel before I get out of here for stealing my thunder again with the Hank Aaron Patch Braves. Boom. I don't know if you, I don't know what you're trying to get out here, bro. Yeah. But I'm trying to, I'm trying to swag on camera, bro. And you're stealing my thunder, here, Miguel. <laughs> Please start posting the hat that you're gonna wear to the podcast in the in the chat before you get here. Appreciate you. Appreciate y'all for rocking with us. I don't know yeah. how long this was, but we out of here. Yes, it's been a journey. Shout out to Ron Mercer. Yeah, shouts to Ron Mercer. That's a fact. Yeah. That's it. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Boo, 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 boo. Boom.